Well, let's be honest, Marvel has the edge on DC as far as the movies go, but as far as cartoon intros that have a cool remix goes that could fit for the beginning of Geek Out Loud, I just can't think of anything better than this one. But it's all Marvel, all in game. Here we go. again everyone and welcome to geek out loud your safe place to geek out on the internet and your safe place to come and cry or laugh or discuss scratch your head about um maybe even maybe maybe some of you have complaints about avengers endgame and so i just want to say from the outset make no mistake about it um spoiler alert spoiler alert whoa what's going on that's that was that was weird. Who, I don't remember when we got this particular uh, soundbite, but we got it. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Um, spoiler alert! We're just going to talk about it as though everyone who's seen it, who's listening, has seen it. So now's your chance. Now's your chance to um, to to turn away and go see Endgame, and then come back to discuss the end game this is the post game for end game thank you matthew rushing in the chat we are live at mixer.com slash goaliverse also geekoutpodcast.com slash live is the easiest way to get there and uh, you can go over there follow us on mixler and uh, you can whenever we're live it'll tell you we're live and you can be a part of the live shows that we do generally here lately it's been big honking shows on friday afternoon and um, and the Big Hogan Show airs on WGIG AM fourteen forty ninety seven ninety eight seven FM uh, in Brunswick, Georgia, and on iHeartRadio WGIG. You can uh, you can find the Big Hogan Show there, or you can find more updated episodes of the Big Hogan Show at our Patreon at patreon.com slash geekoutloud, as well as Forceology the. The college-level class on the Force, the theology class about the Force that is um, uh, taught by Professor Shaz Bazaar and myself as we've walked through all the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, and now we're into the Clone Wars. In fact, the most recent episode of Forceology that has been released is uh, Forceology 302 Clone Wars Season 2. Coming next will be Clone Wars Season 3, Forceology 303, and... The Forceology 303 Lab, which will actually focus only on the Mortis Trilogy. So there's going to be a lot to unpack and a lot to talk about. Shaz and I have a great time. We generally go for almost two hours talking Star Wars and derailing. We get we get picked on because I allow things to be derailed from the outset. And we just have some geeky conversations before we dive into Star Wars. But it's a good time. It's Shaz Bazaar. It is me, and we have a blast. Also, at Patreon, there is um, the Superhero Saturday Show, 
with myself and my brother from another mother, Eric Chernovice, and good friend of the show, Adam Bray, uh, author Adam Bray, uh, who we have been going through Young Justice. And once Young Justice Season 3 has wrapped up, we will uh, diverge into some other superhero cartoons. So what we need from you is what would you like to hear us talk about on the Patreon show, the Super Saturday show, uh, which is often not released on Saturday. That My intention was always to release it on Saturday, but as happens with me so very regularly, um, I don't. I don't fulfill what I plan on doing. So um, anyhow, but we have fun to talk about the Young Justice, and we, we need to know where to go next. And so you can uh, be a part of that if you have a suggestion or a desire to hear us talk about uh, some of the great superhero animated, animated superhero TV shows uh, of the past. Let us know what you'd like. We, we need something that's going to be easy for us all to have access to. That means it's got to be streaming easily accessible via other means uh maybe on the dc app maybe on hulu whatever the case may be maybe on the upcoming disney plus app who knows uh but all that can be done at um patreon.com slash geek out loud now i i don't know ever since the the internet changed recently and um and a lot changed with the internet and one of those things that changed is the way tracking apparently is done. And I don't want to get, get all up in y'all business, but, um, you know, we have Amazon links at geekoutpodcast.com and geekoutonline.com that support the show as well. The problem is, is either, either people aren't clicking those things anymore or they're not tracking like they used to. So if you can allow yourself to, to be tracked when you click through those Amazon links to use those links to get to Amazon for your shopping. That way, what happens is is if you end up buying after that click-through, whatever you end up buying, we get a bit of a kickback because of the uh, because you came through us. And um, in the past, that's really helped the show. L- lately, not so much. Um, so those are ways you can help the show by being a part of our Patreon community by clicking on the Amazon links. And um, we will... Um, we, we, we'll add other ways, I'm sure, as, as time goes on. We actually do have... There is something else I'd like to mention real quick, and I need to see if I if I can get there this way or not. Um, yes. If you go to geekoutonline.com slash shirts, geekoutonline.com slash shirts, it'll take you to our Spreadshirt page where we have for sale the classic Geek Out Loud tee, we have the the classic Geek Out Loud tee uh, in the ladies' cut. We have what is called the Return of the Goal. That is the Geek Out Loud uh, t-shirt. It's Geek Out Loud, and it's done kind of in the style of the of a vintage Return of the Jedi logo. We also have what's done in the style of what was many of you old school collectors will know the Power of the Force logo from uh, from back in the day, and that's the one with the white with the white lettering but the red outline. Still a bit of a Return of the Jedi kind of deal, but it, it's it's inspired by the old Return of the Jedi logo. We've got the Rock Out Loud Multiverse Tour uh, short. We've still got a Mark Out Loud shirt there. We've got a Goliverse hoodie tee. And, but also what we've got is the Stranger Goal t-shirt. This is, uh, this is the Stranger Things t-shirt um, done up with the... Uh, or this is a Geek Out Loud t-shirt done up in in the version of the Stranger Things logo. 
And then, of course, all of these on the back have the Geek Out Loud logo somewhere. Um, and uh, you can get that right now at Spreadshirt.com. We have more coming that are very 80s-inspired, thanks to Mark All. Mark All sent me just a ton of 80s-inspired um, Geek Out Loud logos. Everything from G.I. Joe to uh, other things. Um I need to go through and, and see what we've got. The Lucasfilm logo, the G.I. Joe logo was in there. Let's see. There's some other things here. I'm going to um, to see to see the Masters of the Universe logo. He's just got a great 80s looking logo that we can put up. We may put up as like a wallpaper for those of you who who are like super listeners of the Big Honkin' Show. Um, but yeah, the G.I. Joe, the Geek Out Loud logo done up like the G.I. Joe logo is, is one of my favorite ones. There's a Nintendo Goliverse logo that we're going to bring to you at some point. So um, just a lot of fun, cool uh, things in, in different ways that you can be able to support the show and show off your love of Geek Out Loud. And uh, again, that, that link to those shirts that I just mentioned, not all of them yet. They're not all put up there, but the Stranger Goal the classic Geek Out Loud, Rock Out Loud, Mark Out Loud shirts, all there. Even though Mark Out Loud's on hiatus, um, and uh, we've got to get to our um, our uh, our our Disney Vault Talk shirts uh, put over there, as well as as well as, ladies and gentlemen, those of you who are fans or listeners to the Big Honkin Show, we do have a Bobby the Blue Whale shirt on the way. So, fans of Bobby. Be ready for that. If you don't know who Bobby the Blue Whale is, you're not listening to the Big Honkin' Show. Uh, you know, and, and you're missing out. You should have FOMO of the Big Honkin' Show. FOMO on the Big Honkin' Show. Fear of missing out on the Big Honkin' Show. Um, have I shilled enough? Have, have we done enough shilling? I feel like we have. And I, I want to get into some Avengers Endgame. Now, throughout the night, those of you listening live... We're going to have various and sundry friends of the show call in and give their take on uh, on Avengers Endgame. I'm going to see really quickly. We're going to have, of course, Eris stop by. Uh, we're going to have um, Adam Bray is going to stop by. We're trying to maybe, trying to maybe get Shaz Bazaar. He's actually on location right now. Shaz Bazaar is out of town from his usual uh, home base. Um, and so we're going to try it. Maybe he'll he'll chime in. We're trying to get Scott Rifen on. Now, some of you, those of you who listen to the Big Honkin' Show, you know Cam Hopman. Uh, we, we call him Thunder Cam around these parts. He is the Big Honkin' Show weatherman. He is um, he's our man on the scene in Evansville, Indiana. He is the uh, the chief meteorologist on WEVV up out of Indiana. We have a legit weatherman, and uh, and so he's going to come on and give his uh, thoughts on uh, in game as well. He's a new friend of the show, and um, and he's he's provided some gold for us over at the Big Honkin Show. So all kinds of fun things happening um, around these parts. And you know what? I, do I have? Let me see. I, Right now, I'm kind of digging on Thundercam's intro, and I don't know if I have this, if this is the right one or not. This is right. So hopefully we'll get to play that for Cam, and hopefully we'll get to play a little How Bizarre for Shaz Bizarre, 
and hopefully we'll get to play a little uh, Indiana Jones music for um, for um, Irish, and hopefully we'll have some other people uh, come on, and and I'll have to remember what their theme music is because I don't quite know. So, in game, let's get into it. I asked you for your feedback and for your thoughts, and man, you guys did not disappoint. And right out of the gate, the first person that actually sent anything in was Brian and uh, from Cincinnati, Ohio. So Brian actually sent an MP3. Hey, Steve, this is Brian in Cincinnati, Ohio. Just calling to give a review about Endgame. Thank you, Brian. really enjoyed the movie. thought it was great fun, a uh, great way to end the series. My only thing is, is that um, I didn't walk away with a great feeling mm. at the end because Iron Man died. Was sad and oh, spoiler alert, everybody! Uh, <laughs> retired, and I love movies where you can walk out at the end and just celebrate and feel like you're walking on air, um, like Return of the Jedi did to wrap up that part of the series. That's why I'm hoping that The Rise of Skywalker does a great job of ending the entire series, and we can celebrate and walk out of the theater with that same feeling. Uh, it's not a whole lot of movies that do that anymore, and Star Wars was one that. Uh, specifically remember being able to do that for me. So that's my review. I can't wait to hear the show and have a great day. All right. Thank you, Brian. I tend to agree with you to this extent. I love this movie, but there is this feeling of kind of melancholy when you leave because of, because of the very things you mentioned. Um, you know, you, this is the end of an era. This is the end of, 11 years of storytelling for this particular crowd. And um, would you like to get on mic and cough next time? Okay. <laughs> my my beautiful wife has been struggling for over a week now, and uh, I gave it to her, so it's my fault. And um, But she says she still loves me, so we'll see. We'll see. No, you stay in. Stay here. You, you're fine. You're fine. It's fine. That's fine. I just want everyone to know you're here listening. Would you like to get on mic and talk? No? I don't know what you're saying. All right. I can't read lips. Um, so let's see if, if this guy is ready yet. We have tons of emails. And, and, uh, and what's interesting is a lot of people are coming to the same, um, same conclusions that, um, that each other are coming to. Um, and, and a lot of the same, same questions are being asked. Same, um, a lot of the same ideas are being had. Why can't? Okay, here's my question. New Skype is terrible, by the way. Can we just all agree on that? New Skype is awful. So because okay, I need to search my contacts. Thank you. Gee whiz, this this place is just it's a horrible place to be living. Nope, even this doesn't work. Daggummit. Sorry, everyone. So this isn't going to let me just search my contacts anymore. That's how that works now. This is this is me on the fly. Well, now, wait a minute. Oh, oh, we've got a call coming in here. And he, he changed his name. Let's see. Also, you can't silence Skype songs anymore. Is this Chad Reed? Chad, what's going on, man? What's going on? Hey, you changed your Skype name. No, I didn't. Hmm. 
Well, it, I'm on a big delay. Really? How big? That big, huh? I just said I have, I'm, I'm on a big delay. Right. I, and <laughs> That big, huh? And I said, how big? Oh, that big, huh? Okay. <laughs> wow, this is a big one. Yeah, that's what... Mm, that's, yeah, finish it. Okay, no, you, you're obviously not on that much of a delay. <laughs> Did we sync up? Have we gotten synced up? No, this is this is this is pretty bad. You're answering me as soon as I ask the question, though. Well, I mean, I hear you, but it's it's getting double time. Are you? You need to turn down your mixler volume. Oh, maybe that's it. That is exactly it, Chad. <laughs> Come that's on, better. man. You know I don't like to edit on this show. That's better. Yeah. I'm in audio. I should know this, right? That's right. Yeah. Can you turn your volume up a little bit? I sure can. Hmm. Now, Chad... Is, is is that better? Oh, that's perfect. Thank you so much. Awesome. You sound great. You're coming through clear. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah, how's it going? Chad calling from down the road. <laughs> Literally, right down Literally, the road. Literally, I can walk to your house. How... Let me... Real quickly, how far... I'm, I'm talking to my wife right now. Remember when your parents lived down that way? How far did they live down there? One mile. He is literally one mile away from me right now. Yes. <laughs> and we had a huge delay. Thank you, Skype. Awesome. So you went and saw Thursday night, you went and saw Avengers Endgame. I did. How many tears did you cry? Wow, you're going to put me out there for everybody to hear, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, Chad, was, I mean, you're a big softy. I, I am, but I stayed awake. Well, that's, for three hours, that's key. I stayed awake. That's key. Well, you also stayed awake for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that time we went and saw together. That's fair. And yeah. Suicide Squad. And Suicide Squad. That's right. So, you know, first of all, let me, let me just say that for a movie that was all about some callbacks, mm -hmm. you know, I got to bring back some, some of my own, you know, staying awake. Right. Even, even bringing me back into the Goliverse family. I've been, I've been gone for a while. That's right. You have been gone for a while. You've been. RIP DC on DC. Yeah. <laughs> hey, is Dave Jones listening? Um, <laughs> No, he hasn't seen it yet. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, that's true. He has a kid, and he's married. Yeah, so yeah, um, he's got a life. Um, but I say priorities. True. I say get your priorities straight. So, <laughs> true. yeah, you did DC on DC. You were a regular contributor to Mark Out Loud. I lived with you for about six months. I mean, look, it's all great. Um, six. Yeah, that's it. Mm hmm. Felt longer. All right, Chad, good talking to you, bud. <laughs> you were so kind. Um, no, I'm kidding. I know. So you went Thursday night. You saw, and, it, and it, well, you, you just mentioned something that really, there are people who are confusing some terms out there in, in review world. And one of the terms they're confusing is Easter egg and callback, or two mm -hmm. of the terms they're confusing. And you mentioned this is a movie of callbacks. It is. Um, and, and I think that's an astute observation. Do you feel like they were overdone? No. Okay. No. Are, are you saying callbacks just because of the time travel aspect? No. Like, <clears throat> like I'll give you a, just a, a few of my top ones real quick. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know if, if you were planning on doing like a whole recap or not. No, I mean, listen, the whole show is going to be a recap. We, we're going to jump around. We're going to do what we do. Okay, well, my 
top three, and some are, are a little subtle, but bringing Jarvis back mm-hmm. from the agent of Carter, Carter. Hey, yeah, series, I think that that's cool. I think that's very cool. I think that was a really neat way because to this point, that's the first time the TV has bled over into the movies. It has. Uh, maybe a little bit in Age of Ultron um, at the beginning with with Strucker and the other guy, but mm-hmm. but on it to have something that I don't know, like from a from a TV series that what that ran one season, Agent Carter did two. It ran two seasons. I see. I missed the second season. I got to go back and find that and watch it. I did too. Um, but yeah, to have that kind of a call, a, a throw in there from the, directly from the TV series, I thought was really cool. I'm with you there. It was, um, and this was a very small, subtle one. But in the big battle when um, they're trying to get Iron Man's glove away from Thanos. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, Hawkeye had it. And then Panther shows up and says, and just calls out Clint. Mm-hmm. I got it. Well, go back to Civil War when Hawkeye was like, we haven't been introduced yet. My name is Clint. And he says, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was... I don't know if that was made for a callback, but that's how I took it anyway. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because I, I kind of sense the same thing, and I haven't I haven't verbalized that to anybody. But yeah, that moment where he says, "Clint, here, I've got it," you know, it was like, "Oh yeah, he did tell him his name was Clint back at Civil War." Yep, and he didn't care at that time either. Right, that's right. I don't care. <laughs> it's it's good continuity, is what it is. It is. Yeah, and then of course my favorite, and when this happened. Like my whole theater, and this is big for Rome because Rome doesn't do this at their mm-hmm. theaters, which I'm sure you've seen by now. Right. When you hear Falcon say "On your left," yes, yes, dude. Yeah, I mean that's that's when that's when tears started rolling. We had we, there were tears in our in our row as well um, during that moment. We had um, we had a theater that cheered at that. They started to clap there. Oh yeah, they did. They, they there was a smattering of applause, and then. They erupted with um, Black Panther coming out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Doctor Strange got some applause. And then when Spider-Man swing in, both both theaters I saw it in, when Spider-Man swings in, the place goes nuts. But yeah, I huge. love the on-your-left thing. In fact, a uh, friend of the show, Matt Crowder, one half of the infamous Crowder boys, you know, that was his kind of greeting always when he'd call into the big honk, late-night Big Honkin' shows. Yep. Yes, he'd call in, on your left. And... um you know, because he's he can run faster than me. But yeah, I loved I love that moment. Uh, that was that was a glorious callback. I absolutely agree with you, hundred percent. It was that that one, that one was tears and chills. Yeah, it was it was. I, look, the 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 ending battle is everything you want a comic book movie ending battle to be. There, I don't know that there's topping that. No, and I actually told somebody that today. Um, you know. Moving forward, not to look too far ahead, but mm-hmm. how can you top this? Like this was, this was just re- really, really too good to top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unless, I mean, I can be surprised. Well, I think that moving forward, the the mandate has to be tell good stories. Just tell and good, good stories. Yeah, have good characters, tell good stories, and mm-hmm. let that be, and let that be your mandate. Never trying to outdo what's been done, but just trying to do the best in the moment. Because uh, truthfully, the only times the Marvel Cinematic Universe misstepped were those times when they tried to either get too far ahead of themselves 
you know, like Age of Ultron, which I still I love that movie, and but but I I acknowledge that within that movie there was a little bit too much trying to prepare the future a little bit, you know, trying to get things moving in a certain direction. Same thing with Iron Man two. Iron Man two seems to be all about you know setting up this shared universe in a little more solidified way. Even though I love Iron Man too, um, and, and and those are those are movies that people would consider missteps. People would even consider Thor: The Dark World a misstep, which I love Thor: The Dark World. Um, but you know, I think that moving forward, the mandate needs to be what it's been coming to this point: is tell the best stories we can with the best characters we can. I and, agree, and don't worry about trying to outdo outdo yourself. Um, I I want to when. In the yes. night we watched it, I'm the same way. In our when we watched it the other afternoon, Friday afternoon for the first time, here in Rome, we had a we had a pretty vocal um, group of people in in the theater with us, people applauding and that sort of thing. Um, but one of the things that took me by surprise was the reaction to five years later. There was an audible gasp in the movie theater when when the when the film let forward five years. And it's one of the things that I was surprised about, and it's one of the things I'm still trying to reconcile and, and figure out how I feel about. How do you feel about the time jump? Not the time travel, but the jump from after Infinity Wars of five years, as opposed to maybe six months or eight months or a year. It didn't bother me. Okay. It really didn't. Um, now, I had the movie started there. Mm-hmm. You know, that might be a different story. But picking up, which first of all, did your theater start like immediately with Hawkeye? Yeah, Rome Cinemas hates previews, by the way. They love commercials, but they ain't going to play no previews. Well, we didn't have commercials either. Oh, wow. We didn't have commercials or trailers. We had some commercials rolling that were just kind of silent, you know, like they do with the advertisings or whatever, like little slideshows, and then right. the little re re recycle guy shows up, and <laughs> but uh, but then yeah, then it was just kind of like all of a sudden there there's the and I thought here's what I thought, Chad. I thought the same thing I did. Go ahead. I thought, oh my gosh, they screwed up the reels. They screwed up how they start this movie. They're starting in the middle of the movie. Well, <laughs> I thought that too. But but then when they asked about mayonnaise on the hot dog, and she said, I want mustard. Who puts mayonnaise on a hot dog? I thought, well, this is a clever man uh, mustard commercial. Heinz mustard commercial. Oh, yeah. With with Hawkeye and everything. Yeah. I was like, well, this is pretty clever. <laughs> you thought? And it, I did. And then, and then they kept on going, and then they vanished. I was like, well, it's kind of dark. Yeah. Thanks, Oscar Mayer. Yeah, French's. Yeah. <laughs> French's. Yeah. We survived the snap. <laughs> and, then, and, and then you see the the Marvel tag goes, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it shuts off. Yep. And I'm thinking they did mess up, but then they had to restart it and do it all over again. But oh, they messed yeah. up in your theater. Yes. Oh wow. See, ours didn't. Ours didn't mess up. But man, I'm telling you, dude. I really thought they'd start in the middle of the movie, and I was about to be so mad at Rome Cinemas. I'm like, why are you doing this to me? And then, but I sat there and gave it a minute, and I'm like, the movie's starting this way. This is, this has got to be pre-snap. This is, and then when it happens, I mean, like, talk about a gut punch. It was, it was, and I thought, see, 
and I can see, and th- this is why I said the about the, about the five years later thing. Mm-hmm. I can see Infinity War possibly ending after Thor does his deal and walks off. Hmm. And then and then this one starting up five years later, but they just chose to do it a, d- a different way. Right. Right. Although, I mean, I, I guess as I say that. Captain Marvel hadn't come out yet, so they couldn't do that. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, but look, but the but the point is still there that going into space, going after Thanos, cutting Thanos's head off, could have been the ending to Infinity War proper. And so now what we're in is picking up the pieces after, you know, yeah. five years later. How's the world rolling? Yep. There's a pot of yeah, whales so- in the Hudson. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean that didn't bother me none. It it, it really really didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't think too much of it at all. I just I was like, what a time jump! It took me by surprise, and 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 I just am like, the ramifications of five years later. And I thought, oh well, they'll undo all this. And then Tony's there with a child, and I'm like, Tony's not going to undo a child. You know, no. he he's not no. Barry Allen from the Flash TV series. Um, and 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 I'm thinking. So and he and he even says you do this, you know, when Hulk finally gets the Iron Man gauntlet, he's like erase everything that happened, you know, or undo I'll bring everyone back, but don't undo anything that's happened in the past five years. Right. And I'm like, man, that's just such a I mean, all those billions of people who are now having to pick up the pieces of their lives five years later. Mm-hmm. And and it's just like that to me. There's a certain tragedy in that. Oh sure, sure. And you know the 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 time jump didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. The time travel didn't bother me, but it makes my head hurt because they just flat out said the Back to the Future rules do not apply. And that's all we've grown up on. Right, so, right. So. Well, well, it's it's interesting because they mention every. Just about every time travel property, you know, major time travel property out there. Yeah. And and it's like, and in a way, I think that they were very smart to to reference those things up front with the time travel stuff. Because what happens then is you end up having to say, all right, we've got to put all we know about time travel based on science fiction movies to the side and learn these rules. And and I felt like they did a pretty good job of establishing time travel rules. They did. They did. It was just a little confusing. And I've only seen it once. So I'll have mm-hmm. to go back and watch it again to really kind of grasp it. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, just throwing all that out, I'm kind of like, well, that's all I know. So we're going to have to go on the fly here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But and, and, and can we talk about Pepper Potts for a second? Sure, go ahead. The anti-Adrian, and I loved it. <laughs> mm. Now listen, don't you be getting on Adrian. You know how I feel about her. I know you are. You're, you don't have you not seen Rocky Three where she gets in his face and makes him fight. That's why. That's one of my. That's in the the, the top two of the, of the Rockies. All right. That's why. She's always a downer. She's not a downer. She's the realist. She loves Rocky. Listen, just because you don't know love. <laughs> what a weird way to kick me while I'm down. <laughs> what a what an interesting 
what what an interesting forum you've chosen, Steve. <laughs> Here in front of all the listeners. There are people actually listening right now, live. Just because you found love. <laughs> but but no, I mean seriously, like I I was very impressed that they went that way with it. Yeah. With with Pepper, especially after Iron Man three mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and Infinity War, like she didn't want him going after them at all. So that was a, that was a nice and see that's something else that they, they kind of carried that through with all the characters. There was a lot of scenes where you think they're going to react one way, right? But they flip it on its head. Mm-hmm. Like I was expecting Cap to have a, a sequel to the to the fights the the elevator fight scene. Oh, dude. That's that's a moment that I, well, first off, I really haven't given a full on review for from my own person from my own per- perspective yet. Yeah. I will say this: there was a moment <laughs> when he gets in that elevator and and they're all there and Rumlow touches his gun and everything, and and we had watched through most of the movies leading up to Infinity, uh, leading up through Infinity War and, and leading up to Endgame. And the other night when we were watching Winter Soldier, I point out to Haley, I'm like, this is my favorite part of this movie. This is one of the greatest parts in any superhero movie. You know, he's like, before we, before, before we begin, does anyone want to get off? And I thought, I'm like, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. what he did in Winter Soldier. And then he just leans over to, um, what's it say? He's like, Hill Hydra. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yep. Get out of there without a fight. Because he knows, like, he has that knowledge. And so, and then when he starts to fight himself, I'm just hitting Haley on the leg. I'm like, this is more than anything I could have hoped for. <laughs> Well, and, and there wasn't many battle like fight scenes except for that one. You had the opening fight scene with Thanos. Mm-hmm. You had that one, and then the end, right? Like that was there wasn't many action scenes, right? Right, and and because I I mean because that end fight, I mean that's a forty minute end battle. Yeah. And, and all the budget went to that. And I think, though, but here's the thing, though. There was also this tension leading into that. The minute Nebula gets taken, like I'm like, oh, no. I I've, I think I've audibly said, oh, no. Why can't they just win? You know, like, I'm just wanting them to win so bad. You know, I want them to undo things so badly. And then when, and then when that little kink gets put in the hose, I'm like, no, 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 no. And and so I'm sitting there because what I do is I just go along for the ride with these things. And and I'm just kind of getting into this thing like, oh, how how now, brown cow? You know, how are they gonna get out of this? Right. And um and and so so I think that the the really the secret to this movie was the gut punch opening with Hawkeye's family. And then the 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 disappointment of getting to Thanos, killing Thanos, no Infinity Stones, you know, and then you ramp up. It's it becomes this time heist movie, yep. you know, to quote Ant Man, and so so the whole thing becomes a journey of seeing them get these stones, and so there's that tension there the whole time that keeps you on the edge of your seat, so that when those missiles hit the Avengers complex, you're just like, my God in heaven. You know, it just it, it becomes this massive thing of of um, of uh, of action and and all the suspense has broken into this huge crashing wave of action that I think is just fitting. I thought it was very well structured that way. Oh, I did too. I did too. And the Nebula thing was another thing that I, I thought they would play out more with her quote unquote heel turn. Mm-hmm. Was that 
when they when she was found out, it was over that just that quick. Like the good one showed up and, and took care of her. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't play into that whole she she betrayed us and that whole thing because you didn't need it. So I thought that, that was good that they held back on that too. Yeah, and you know they also because the past is set, and what's happened in the past is in the past, and now all this is in the present and the future and all that stuff. They talk about, you know, Nebula doesn't weak out of existence when she shoots herself, right? Which is from Back to the Future rules. You think that's what would happen, or even from Flash TV series rules, you yep. think that would be what would happen. So, all I could hear in my head was Earth Angel, right. <laughs> Uh, Eddie Thawne, Eddie Thawne gets it again. <laughs> Nebula goes out like Eddie. That's yep. what I was thinking. Um, that's for our DC. That's for our DC fans, our DC television fans. DC um, on DC, RIP. RIP DC on DC. <laughs> well, and, and and how about this? Because this 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 was tough too. And this is this has seen a lot, or I've I've read a lot of, I guess, quote unquote, hate online about this. Mm-hmm. The Black Widow thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I found, I didn't think anything negative about that. I found the positive of the contrast from infinity war Mm -hmm. when Thanos just ruthlessly threw Gamora off for the stone Mm -hmm. and you have our heroes fighting each other for who gets to sacrifice themselves. Right. Yes. And just that, that contrast. Yeah. And that was, was, but see, that was also another one of those kick in the gut moments. Oh, it was. Jeremy Renner did such a great job as he's hanging there and he's mourning and he's mad and he's all these other things. And she's down there in the same position Gamora landed in, by the way. And yep, exactly. And and so there's that great parallel. But here's same the thing. music too, I think. Yeah, oh yeah, it was the same musical cue. Um and here is here's the thing though, as a as someone who has kind of dabbled yourself in writing and that sort of thing, it to me, I can bring I can bring Natalie back. I can bring Natasha back. I can bring Black Widow back, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, soul for a soul exchange. Right. Um, I don't know that I can bring Gamora back. I can almost bring Gamora back, but I don't know, you know? Um, and so I'm interested to see, because there's been that rumored Black Widow movie, you know, I'm interested to see if that ends up just being kind of a prequel and kind of an origin story, mm-hmm. or if what we end up with is this surprising science fiction she's back from the soul stone planet you know and and ready to kick butt they brought colson back right although with everyone coming back not which i get it like they didn't go back to a time when he could show back up right but it would have been nice to see him in that too it would have been nice to see him it would have been nice to see him and the agents of shield show up in that final battle yeah i mean howard the duck was there was he really? Yep. Yep. God, I missed that. I, I, did, I did too. I'd heard that the Ravager showed up, and the first time I saw it, I didn't see that. And so the, the next time we watched, I looked for them specifically and saw where they come through the portals and everything. And then I saw a screenshot today of Howard the Duck coming through with them, <laughs> gun in hand. It's just a few frames right over the wasp's shoulder. Wasp's? Wasp's. Wasp's. wasps. Right over the wasp's shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's fantastic. Well, let's go see it, Chad. Hey, I'm ready. When are you free? You tell me. All right. Well, I'll get in touch with you. (laughs) I'll hold my breath. 
Oh, okay, I see how it is. <laughs> well, fine. You hold your breath. I hope you pass out. <laughs> no, man. We, I, I would love to. That, that'd be a lot of fun because it, it was a, it, it was a great movie. Um, it, it was a great bookend to the whole saga. Um, like I said, the callbacks were great. Just, just bringing everybody. I mean, even Natalie Portman, mm-hmm. who vowed never to show back up. Right. Yeah. So. I am, uh, and here's one of my things that I am disappointed about. Now, my wife is not disappointed about this at all. And I know that in Age of Ultron, we set up Bruce and Natasha and all that stuff. But I am a little disappointed that, like, we just act like the Incredible Hulk never happened. And so Liv Tyler is bad he's not around. Samuel mm-hmm. Stearns is the leader, hadn't been back around. Doc Samson hasn't been back around. You know, and it's just kind of like... Let's not treat this movie like like the redheaded stepchild of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, they, they had Ross, right? Yeah, and I, I mean William Hurt has come back, and I so I would love to see Betty come back. Yeah, not because it's Liv Tyler, but because that character in the in in the story of Bruce Banner and the Hulk is so vital to Bruce Banner. Now you can recast her. Yeah, sure. I, <laughs> you're getting applause from across the desk. Yeah, they should recast her with Gal Gadot. That's okay. Wonder Woman. <laughs> I got nothing. I, well, neither does my wife. So she's like, we. She watched Wonder Woman the other night for the first time. She's like, I don't want you watching this movie anymore. She's beautiful and perfect, and I don't want you to look at her. So, okay, can you help me out with something real quick? Yeah, I had I had two issues that I'm not sold on and I wanted you to help me with this. Okay. So Cap and Tony never had a conversation about to make amends. Hmm. I mean, Tony gave him, gave him the shield. It was kind of a nod, like, you know, everything's kind of water under the bridge. Right. But I was kind of expecting more. Hmm. I don't, okay. This is just like, Someone in my life who wanted Luis from the Ant-Man movies to show up and do one of his little tell-the-story things. <laughs> There's no time. for To be a three-hour movie, yes, it, it would seem like there'd be plenty of time. But I think that when, when Tony shows up and he and Cap talk and they do the shield, I mean, did you want him to hug it out? I know how you like people hugging before big fights. Wow. UFC reference, ladies and gentlemen. Um uh-huh. I mean, I feel like I was very satisfied when he hands him the shield back and everything. Okay. And then the moment of, do you trust me? And Cap's like, yeah. I did you like know, that. That's a, I, I feel like I feel like they really came together. And, you know, they're still... The thing is, though, is they're still at odds. And and everything that, that Tony felt, because this... And this goes all the way back to Civil War. You know, when you watch Civil War, both of those guys have a legitimate reason for taking the side that they do they do and cap has a legitimate reason for trying to keep the information that he has from tony that he's had since winter soldier from tony yep and you know because he know and tony i'm sorry you know look when he looks at cap he says he killed my mom in civil war i mean yeah go after him tony you you have every right to go after winter soldier and take him out and um yeah, and I guess for Cap to back Bucky, that's hard for him to let go. So I do understand that. Mm-hmm. I do. I just mm, okay. 
So uh, yeah, I mean, I it, but I think that they made up as much as they could, and I and I do think that they were on the same page, you know. They were, and 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 Tony looking at Cap after he gives his big speech just before they go, you know, subatomic, and he's got that smile on his face like this is, you know, I've missed this about this guy. Yeah. Okay, so the other thing I didn't care for mm-hmm. was, and and I think I'm on the <clears throat> minority here. Oh, great. But Thor. Mm. Hey, Thor, Thor. Thor looked like me and you. You are. <clears throat> I still don't look as good as what Thor looked in that movie. Um, you no, you're not alone. You're not alone okay. at all. Um, okay. I I don't know how I felt. Hemsworth apparently really lobbied for Thor and Endgame to kind of have the same type personality as he ended up having in Ragnarok, as far as just kind of being almost the comic relief of the movie, which he ends up being until you know after, of course, the the opening salvo, but. Um, he, uh, yeah. And, and, and there are other people, my wife included, and kind of me too, who thought, well, when he finally lightens up, you know, he'll get magic space abs, but he did not. Well, you I know? thought the lightning was going to give it to him. That's what I'm saying. Like, mm. yeah, I, I just thought that, I mean, I was okay with that whole arc, mm-hmm. but, and, and that little twist on that character, I just thought that they went too far with it with with the jokes and just that uh, you needed levity and i get it mm-hmm. but i thought that that was just a little too much mm-hmm. yeah i i agree I, I i tend to agree with you i i like i like why thor was in the place that he was agreed um agreed and um and i do like th- there was a little bit subversive of expectations when they show up and she tells them you know, I don't think he'll see you. And they go, and he's like, hey, how are you? You know, he was happy to see them. You know? <laughs> and so you expect a brooding, angry, you know, just sitting there in the dark Thor. But instead, they're sitting around playing Fortnite, and Thor's, you know, threatening, you know, teenagers in their mom's basement and <laughs> and that sort of thing. So, yeah. It's, I mean, uh, you, you had enough levity with Hulk, which I know you really liked him. Mm, Going back to the first Avengers and throwing mm-hmm. stuff around, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that that was pretty funny. Yes, yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah. That was a funny moment. My my problem with the Hulk, and 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 this is where I'm about to get geeky. Okay. So strap in, everybody. Um, everyone's calling this version of the Hulk Professor Hulk. Yeah. Professor Hulk is not this version of the Hulk. Professor Hulk in the comics was actually an amalgamation. It was the combining of all three personalities, the Gray Hulk, Green Hulk, and Bruce Banner into one personality. What Bruce had going on was Bruce having taken over the Hulk's body. And if you go back to the early 80s, just before Civil War and right after Civil War, that's what Bruce Banner had done, is he had he had gotten in a gamma lab, just like he says here in Avengers, and had basically put his mind, asserted control over the Hulk personality. So he's big, green, and smart, and um, the only difference is in the in the comic he would change back and forth into the Hulk body at will, you know, and um, and, and and eventually he lost control. Like he'd get slowly but surely angry and angry and angry. And on old comics up in the Marvel in the old Marvel comics up in the left hand corner, there was always a box with a with that said Marvel Comics and it had the number and the month and the year 
uh, of that comic, and it had in that box a picture, a drawing of, if it's the Fantastic Four, their team, if it was the Avengers, it'd have the Avengers at the time, Spider-Man, whoever's book it was. And on the Hulk's book, it was him in a lab, it was the Hulk in a lab coat with like chemicals and stuff on a table in front of him. And that picture slowly changed over time. And so if you have all of those issues in order, you make a little flip book out of it. And it's actually the Hulk taking off the glasses and the, and the clothes ripping off and flipping the table over and that sort of thing until he's back to the Savage Hulk again. And so that's what I see this version of the Hulk more as because the actual Professor Hulk is a little bit more edgy. He's a little bit a uh, little bit smart elekier you know like he does he's not as humble and as mild mannered as bruce banner in the yeah. hulk body so but i still loved it and i loved the the comic bits with him and i loved his conversation with the ancient one um and, and his and, selfie and it's yeah well the dab thing was a little much but i understand the kids <laughs> loved it so uh, <laughs> that was i love it when he's like they don't know, you know, he's like, you want to take a picture of me? I'm Ant-Man. And they're like, no, no, that whole little exchange was hilarious. So, <laughs> but anyhow, it was, well, yeah, man, let's, let's, let's go see it. All right. I'll get with you. I really will. So don't, don't, don't doubt me on that one. I won't. All right, man. All right, Chad, we got it. Uh, I got Adam and Arish coming up, so I'm going to let you go. Thanks for having me. Thanks buddy. for coming on, bud. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. See ya. Later. Chad Reed, ladies and gentlemen. All right. We're going to bring on... Uh, and this is where, you know what? I don't know why this really bums me out. Skype has bummed me out lately. Um, with, um, no sounds, um, no sounds. Trying to turn off all the sounds, ladies and gentlemen, because new Skype won't let me turn off the, the sounds when I call people and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it just won't let me do it. Just and it's really irritating. So if someone wants to get in touch with Skype and tell them um to to make it a, make me make me able to be able to turn off the sounds again, that'd be great. I'd really appreciate that. All right, gonna bring in our friend Adam Bray here. Um Adam, of course, author of, of many, many uh various and sundry encyclopedias, dictionaries, um, absolutely everything you need to know and that sort of thing. So uh, excited to have him on. Let's call him. Here we go. There it is. See, there's that Skype ring that I don't know how to silence. It's really bumming me out, man. All right, here he is. Let me, let me, let me fire up your music, Adam. Hey, hey, hey. Here we go. Fire, I'm firing up your music for you. Alrighty. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the author of such works as Ultimate Marvel, Ultimate Star Wars, absolutely everything you need to know. Marvel and Star Wars. The Marvel Studios Visual Dictionary, various and sundry travel guides, and he is one-third of the Golliver Super Saturdays over on Patreon. You can follow him at author Adam Bray, or you can just listen to him now. He's my good friend. He's the Indiana Jones of geekdom in real life. He's pooped in cemeteries. <laughs> it's Adam Bray, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, man? Hey, 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 it's Fat Adam. Fat <laughs> Not so fat anymore. 
Yeah, so- somewhat less fat. That's right. No more Steve Glosson cosplay for you. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> I'm gearing up for Thor cosplay. I hear. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thor Endgame cosplay. <laughs> yeah, you've got the beard for it, man. Yeah, if I could be so lucky. Mm. <laughs> to look like that. <laughs> that's what. That's what. Uh, we just had Chad Reed on, and a uh, friend of the show, and he was saying that in this movie, Thor looked like he and I, and I'm like, no, I still don't look like <laughs> Thor. I'd, no. I'd feel great about myself if I had Thor's body from Endgame. I sure would. <laughs> so, <laughs> which says you know a little bit about where I'm at right now. So, right. Well, uh, I'm right there too. So, Adam, you wanna you wanna bring in our our friend uh, and and cohort. Uh, Erish with us, yeah, absolutely. on this call. All right, let's bring him in, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's see if we can call him. He's we call each other brothers from another mother, and uh, and it says he's joined us. Erish, you there? Gulliver's assemble. Well, hold Woo-hoo. on, you know him as uh, co host of Pass the Corn. You know him as uh, my brother from another mother. You know him as one-third of the Superhero Saturday show on Goliverse Patreon. And, of course, you know him as Barf at Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Eric Schernerweiss. What's up, guys? <laughs> How's it going, man? Hey, I love Fat <clears throat> Thor. <laughs> oh, me too. When, when Golcon eventually happens, yeah? we need to do... Uh, Fat Thor Day. Fat Thor Day. All of us fat guys all come dressed as Fat Thor. All right. Or or better known as Thor. What? What constitutes? What constitutes a Thor costume? Uh. Basically, sweatpants. And oh, the big robe. okay, Lebowski Thor. Pants yeah, yeah, carrying yeah. Around either Stormbreaker or Mjolnir. Okay, because I was thinking glasses. Great, Sixer. Great, because I was. I'm there right now. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much am too. Because I was thinking, like, oh, I guess I could get a red cape and try to find something. You know, I was thinking of the end battle, and but no, yeah, I'll do Lebowski Thor in a heartbeat. If yeah. you want the extra credit points and battle Fat Thor. You know, you get to be in the front of the group picture, <laughs> right? But you know, we if, can if do you, if you truly want to represent Fat Thor. Mm-hmm. You, you're just sweatpants and a raggedy t-shirt and a bathrobe, sunglasses, and a six-pack. Now I haven't been to. And I'm talking beer, not abs. <laughs> now I haven't been to Star Wars Celebration since the last time it was in well no not even the last time it was in Orlando since Star Wars Celebration 6 since they were numbered I know it wasn't the last time you were in Orlando because no. I tried no. getting you to go right, right. without fail it was the uh, it, it was the the last time I was there was Star Wars Celebration 6 and do they still do the Prisoner Leia photo that all the ladies dressed as Prisoner Leia get into and do no it's uh, it's been replaced by Ahsoka Day okay that's the big one alright so uh. so what we'll do for Goldcon is it, that'll be our version of the Ahsoka Day picture. Is yeah, all the yeah. all the Fat Thor Day, all the Lebowski Thors out on the steps oh, of the of the convention I center, <laughs> I love in it. our bathrobes and sweats, <laughs> and uh, and and the catch in the photo could be eat a salad. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> eat a salad. <laughs> you know, I was so happy that they brought. 
funny Thor back because I, you know, you guys know I love Ragnarok. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. So to have, I don't know if if it's to call it a an incarnation of Thor, but to have him, I just felt like it. It's it cemented that movie and Thor's journey in Marvel by having you know having that comedic side to it. Mm-hmm. I think people kind of forget that that. Thor and Dark World was were pretty comedic. Thor was not necessarily yeah. the comedy in those, but they were. In but it was his fish. Well, in Thor one, it was his fish out of water. So right. That, right. You know, the drinking the coffee and slamming it down. Another. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. Right. Made it funny. And so, right. uh, but you know, yeah. And so Thor Ragnarok went leaned really heavy into comedy, and I'm still in my life. A little bit torn about all that. Like I don't think I'm as on board with it as you are, Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with Endgame, I don't know if I'm as on board with it as you are. But I, I still enjoyed it. And you know, I I don't know. It's like I said with Chad before you guys came on. It was a great way to subvert expectations, especially right. when Valkyrie says he's not going to see you. You know, he's not going to see you. Right. And they show up, and yeah. he's like, "My friends," you know, and he's all happy uh-huh. to see them and and stuff. So yeah, it's um. It, it, it was, it was consistent with what we'd seen in Ragnarok for sure. Right. You know, and I I love that she and Korg and Meek are back too. I I totally dug Meek there sitting there eating eating pizza on the couch, <laughs> just hanging out on the couch, playing some Fortnite, eating pizza, drinking beers. What's up, guys? You can get the Wi-Fi. No password, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so is. Is Lebowski Thor going to be like Last Jedi Luke, where it's just going to be that divisive character you either love him or hate him? I don't, I don't know. I, you know, until Chad brought him up earlier, I've not really seen anyone else. And I've got a ton of emails, guys. Um, and, and I've kind of read through each of them. But I don't really see um, see a lot of people upset about it. For Here's Brian White. Mm-hmm. He says he's seen Endgame once, and he's sure he missed some things, um, and and he wants to see it again to clear up some confusion of stuff. And he said he enjoyed New Asgard and anything to do with Thor. Those things were great, right? Um, yeah. So you know, a I'm lot of people, way. a lot of people dug him. I think that this movie one one of the very many things that it did was as kind of the end end marker of this this phase of the journey it took the opportunity to take all of these old characters and put them in new lights we've never seen them just various you know combinations that it's not done before you know as sort of a last chance now i think we'll continue to see thor and other movies in the future but some of the others uh we won't and you know a similar thing with the hulk we've got something you know a new incarnation of that and so yeah, I think that's what one of the things this movie's all about. That's a good point, Adam. Yeah, pretty much all of the the core Avengers characters are all have all kind of taken on new roles. Mm-hmm. Right. Different roles and we've seen them, you know, Tony is husband father, Nat is basically now Nick Fury mm-hmm. trying to run everything. Right. Um, you know, the Hulk and Banner are now this combined kind of fun, personable, intellectual beast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Hawkeye uh, doing the Ronin thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, but except Cap, what 
Cap still seems to be Cap, though. I think I think well, you get the old man Cap. Well, at the very at end. the very end, yeah. I think with Cap, yeah. what you've got though is a Cap who, and he says it of himself. He's like, "We can't let go." You know, we yeah. you know, we keep telling everyone to let go, but we can't, can we? Because he and Natalie, or no, I keep saying Natalie, he and Natasha are both very um, obsessed. Even though he's trying to deal with it better, doing the focus group or doing the the therapy group and everything, mm-hmm. um, he just this is the loss that he never had to experience. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it and it's shaken him from being because you go back to Age of Ultron and when when they talk about the visions they were shown, you know, Cap, which by the way I'm watching right now. Nice. Well, you know, Cap's it's vision, sci-fi. Cap's vision was dancing with Peggy in the in the hallway, and and really all that was shown was everyone was gone that he knew from his time that he's a man out of yeah. time which he already knew that. That's what he experiences every day in the real world. And so Tony's like, I don't trust a guy with the dark without a dark side. You know, and mm. and so so Cap is 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 dealing with what he's always dealt with and then on top of this thing. I mean, like the last line of Infinity War was him just saying, "Oh my god," you know. And mm-hmm. and this rocked him, I think to his core, and he's just trying to be that leader and move on with it. Because you think the minute they start talking time, time travel, he's in. Right. You know, he's ready to roll with whatever just to try to get the win back, to get the victory. Well, but I think that they're all dealing with it. They're all just dealing with it differently. Right. Fat Thor is Thor's way of dealing with this. Right. He's just kind of checked out from all of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to hang out in this little hut with my two new best friends. (laughs) Um, and just, Mm -hmm. you know, not care about anything anymore. Right. Um, you know, Tony has kind of gone, Tony's just blocked it all out. He's living in the middle of nowhere and his entire focus is on his wife and his kid. But don't you, you think? Know. I mean, does mm-hmm. it does it seem? And he's still tinkering in his garage and stuff, but he's building a suit not for himself. He's building it for Pepper. Right, but doesn't right. it seem like? And maybe maybe I'm off base here. Doesn't it seem like that of everyone that Tony's the one who moved on the easiest and the best and the most in the most healthy way? Well, Possibly. yeah, yes, yes, but I think that that's because of everyone. He still had Pepper. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you look at pretty much everybody else, they all they lost all somebody. somebody. You know, so Tony Tony can't, comes back and Pepper is still there. Right. 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 And, and so, then, of course, five years later, they've got this adorable, cute little girl. Oh, my gosh. This heartbreakingly adorable, cute little girl. Right. Yeah. Who wants cheeseburgers when it's all said yeah. and done? And, uh, and I want her to have all the cheeseburgers. Yeah. I, I want John Favreau to feed me cheeseburgers. <laughs> so does Fat Thor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's interesting. And Thor, you know, one of the things about Fat Thor is when they're all at the lake, you know, kind of doing some type of makeshift memorial for Black Widow, you know, Thor's like, we'll bring her back. We can bring her back. And he's like, no, you don't understand. You know, and Clint's like, she's gone. You don't understand. He's gone. And Thor, this is, he's still trying to deal with all the losing. Thor just can't deal with the losing. 
And so he like in and it's comedic, but it's also so real. It's like, well, it's space magic, and you just don't understand, do you? You know, <laughs> right? It's like good night. But it's the very fact that you can't say Thanos in front of him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. I mean, like it, it. He cracks under that. Like it's just. Yeah. A, it, it's always on the surface, and it's and it's played for laughs, but it's so real when he does get to see his mother. You know. I don't know that. The, I, all the Fat Thor stuff is not played for laughs. Well, I'll say this: people were laughing in our theaters when he's like kind well, of they, starts they crying, and he's and and the they joke weren't. and when she says, you know, he said she says, "Are you crying?" He's like, "No, I'm not. Cry- yes, I'm crying." Yeah, I you mean, know? yes, there are bits, but there's a lot of pain in that too. Right, right, yeah. right. That's what I'm saying. It's like they yeah. they do they 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 really dress that pain up with some comedy for us, but ultimately, like man, like he is he's taking it hard, but of course he's taking it hard. He lost yeah, his because if he had gone for the head. The snap wouldn't have happened, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, and and that's what's been weighing on him for five years. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when he did go for the head, it was too late, and that was just blind anger coming out. Yeah, right. But I, I love when he reaches out and he gets Mjolnir back, and he's excited because he's still worthy. Yeah, oh, like yeah. you know he. Because there's obviously not only has the self doubt crept in because of the the pain and the anguish of not going for the head, and and all that he's lost, but also that moment of lashing out in anger the way he did, it may it had to make him question his worthiness. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, because you just assume that yeah, Mjolnir's going to come to him. I hadn't even thought that that's a test of his worthiness mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's good. And so, so yeah, to, to have that happen. And then, you know, speaking of worthy, I'm sorry. That I, was, that was, uh, the tears just started flowing. Oh yeah. With, with the cat moment. Oh yeah. 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 I, 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 cause I, you could see it coming as soon as Mjolnir landed on the ground. I mm-hmm. just said to myself, I'm like, OMG. Cap is going to pick it up. I got to be honest right. with you. Didn't see it at all. Didn't see uh, it coming I, at all. I totally saw it coming. And it, it, that's why I think it was so emotional because I'm just like, yeah. I'm building up to it. So then when it cuts to the shot, like tears just started flowing up. It's just like, and they're like happy tears. Like, oh, sure. Tears, right. Kind of. Well, when and it, it's one of the the coolest uses of, of Mjolnir that we've ever seen too. Oh, he full on hard any time. He's yeah. like twirling that baby and he's calling <laughs> Dude, down the thunder. The the uh the, the kicking the, some major A with that thing. The first time I saw it, and I, I was afraid I embarrassed my wife because I was so excited. I literally cheered out loud in the theater in a way that I've not done since I was watching Rocky mm. Balboa um for the first time. And and, and and I was genuinely so fired up and excited and just amazed that Cap was doing this because I did not see it coming. Yeah. I thought that Thor was going to get it, you know, and Thor was going to get out from under Thanos using that and everything. And then all of a sudden when it's Cap, I'm like, yes, I just, I did. I was, yeah. yes. Well, the second time we watched it, like I noticed how he was fighting with it. And he's doing combos with the shield and the hammer, bouncing back and forth off of Thanos and everything. Not only yeah, is he bringing it up, it was amazing. Tossing the shield up and throwing the hammer to hit the shield into mm. into Thanos. It was so. It was such a cool moment. But also, and the reason I didn't see it coming is I thought the closest we were ever getting a nod to 
Cap holding the hammer was in Age of Ultron when he moves it just a little bit. Right. You know, and and so I never would have thought that, okay, well, he's got it now. And, oh, so good. <laughs> I just loved it so much. Like that so, 40 minutes, that 40-minute ending battle really, to me, is is the payoff of 11 years of Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. I saw an interesting thing on on the ringer they did a little video kind of post-mortem on endgame like seven key questions or Mm -hmm. something like that yeah and they brought this up and they actually got this theory from somebody on the interweb somewhere so uh, like i'm like third degree of separation from this thing okay i apologize i don't know the person but their theory as to why Cap can now pick Mjolnir up, whereas he could only make a budge a little bit in Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. was that since then, Cap has come clean with the truth about Bucky killing Whoa, Tony's parents. wow, okay, yeah. Mm. And so he's not carrying that lie, he's not carrying that guilt anymore. Oh, that's interesting. And so that's why he is now worthy to wield Mjolnir. And I thought that that was brilliant. I think that's a great, yeah, great concept there. Yeah, I think that absolutely fits fit, yeah, fits the situation. Um, uh, that's because otherwise it's just it's just we're going to do this to be cool, and the MCU has been better than that. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I guarantee you that the writers and the Russos, uh, one of the writers, McFeely and. Um, Oh, I can't think of the other guy's name. Uh, I guarantee you they thought about it, you know, um, and, and what the situation would be with that. So, and that makes perfect sense. That's a great theory. Um, a lot of people talk in time travel mm. and, 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 and dealing with those things. Um, I'm sorry. A lot of people talking what? Time travel. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> they did you save that for us? <laughs> no, I've not. I'm, tough question. No, I'm just I'm just kind of going going through. Look, I've got a, a ton of emails here from people, um, and the, and it's and the theme kind of stays the same throughout a lot of it. Um, there are a lot of pe- there a lot of people go to the time travel situation, and the rules that are set forth in this movie. And uh, and I'll come back really quickly. There, there, here are two things, um, Brian. Let me see if this is if this is the one because I was just reading from Brian White, and um, no, this isn't the one where it's mentioned. But basically, the idea of you can't go to the past to change the future. Um, and then Mark All chimes in. He says the Sorcerer Supreme, talking about the Ancient One. Tells Bruce that the stones create what he experiences as the flow of time. Remove one, and that t- and that flow splits. Thanos destroyed all six stones, which would cause six splits in the flow of time. This is just a fun theory, which mm-hmm. I would accept. He says is six timelines, and uh, here are the six timelines: one X Men to Days of Future Past, uh, attempted to clean that up into one timeline, so that franchise could be lumped into one. The Spider Man franchise, the Sam Raimi Spider Man, the Amazing Spider Man. Um. Fantastic Four, the 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 Tim story to the Fantastic Four and the Rise of Silver mm-hmm. Surfer, the Fant Four stick that that you know abomination from a few years back, <coughs> and then Ang Lee's Hulk, the other Hulk is MCU. So mm. he says here are the six things. Now he forgets Daredevil, 
and yeah. uh, and Elektra from the Ben Affleck Daredevil, and the Ghost Rider, Nick Cage Ghost Rider. But other than that, right. yeah, and the Tom Jane Punisher. But you know, hey, but still, yeah. uh, but that's, he's that's a fun idea. Yeah, it's well, a fun. There's the uh, there's the other Punisher too. Oh, the Ray Stevenson's Punisher. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought they were. I thought that was a sequel to the Tom Jane Punisher. It was just a different actor right. playing the character. Yeah, I guess so. But but that's the thing. A lot of people are talking the time travel stuff. Yeah. They're really getting into the idea of you know the theories are floating around about what about Loki. Um, yeah, that's one of my big ones because of all the others that <clears throat> that died in this movie, he's the one that where we're left. It, it it would seem that possibly he is going to be alive and uh, be able to appear in the future. Um, the way he escapes with uh, the the tesseract. Yeah. Um, well, I other- think that I think that with Loki there is Osipak anyway because he is a god. Yeah, you know, and Thanos said no resurrections this time, and I thought that was kind of the writer's way of saying no. But then we also found out. Or there's been the rumors of on the Disney Plus app getting a Loki series. Yeah, that's that's confirmed. They yeah. just haven't confirmed whether it takes place in the future or the past. I think Tom Hiddleston has hinted at some stuff taking place in the past. Maybe it's, yeah. There, there's been maybe rumors of a younger actor okay. to play Loki, but there Tom Hiddleston is supposed to be in it as well. Well, maybe at, it's at the, some level. Maybe it's the past future, guys. There you go. So, <laughs> Maybe. But here's the thing. That Loki taking taking the Tesseract and stepping out of that place, that removes an Infinity Stone from the time stream that doesn't go back to where it was taken from. No, it doesn't. Because they go back further No, it doesn't because they the didn't past. take it from that point. They went back even further and took it from... The shield base. That's true. Okay, you're right. that's where Steve supposedly put it back. So does that mean that what Loki did is undone by that? No, no. it shouldn't. According to their rules, what's in the past doesn't change the future. Yeah. So Loki still should escape. So Well, and the interesting thing, too, is that Loki winds up with the cosmic cube anyway. Yeah, he just That's has true. it sooner now than he did before. That's true. But if he doesn't go if he doesn't get taken prisoner and get taken to Asgard and put in the Asgardian jail when Jane gets a hold of the ether, he's not there to give Thor the secret passageways out of Asgard into Nefelheim where the dark world where they have their thing where he fakes his death and it just seems there's a, there's a series of events that has kicked off. The, the, again, they're but tied together. All, like, but this is all stuff that these. So this is where you you you, you need like a PhD and like you need to be Albert <laughs> yeah. Einstein. Or something. Yeah. Do you guys? Hey, do you guys know anything about quantum physics? <laughs> to quote Scott Lang, you guys know anything about quantum physics? Because like. They've already lived all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I think that that's, that's what they were trying to say with these rules is if we go into the past and change something, it doesn't affect us because we've already lived that. Right. Uh, so but, the but, other thing I don't understand is if the other things that they did doesn't change 
their present or the future or whatever, why is it that Steve can Rogers can go back in the past, live his life, and get pooped out at the end of the movie as an old man? You know, why doesn't he? Why doesn't that create a different timeline where he just lives out his life and they never see him again because he's in a different timeline? But he's not in a different time. He's living in the same timeline as Steve Rogers. Right. It's his. It's there his present self growing. Yeah, it's his present self growing into his older self. Now, here you want to get really trippy on this? Go ahead. I think that old man Steve had a conversation <coughs> with Bucky before young Steve takes the six stones back to put them back. Because then when young Steve doesn't show back up again... Bucky is awfully calm about, hey, Sam, look. And you know what? You go you go over and talk to him. You know, kind of like not not know, only not only that, I'm sorry, Ash, not only that, but let me let me springboard off of that and agree with you based on the way they said goodbye to one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he hugs him and he says, Don't do anything stupid. And Bucky says, How can I? You're taking all the stupid with you. And then the very next thing is Cat will have all the time he wants. For us, it'll be five seconds. And I'm like, well, you don't hug someone by like that. Like you're not going to see them yeah. when you do. So yeah, that I I think but that I think I think Cap, mm. old Cap, found Bucky maybe like just in that same forest, like you know maybe ten minutes before all this went down, pulled him aside, explained to him what happened, and was like, look, I'm gonna give Sam the shield. Sam's mm. gonna be Cap- the new Captain America. I think he ran it all by Bucky first Mm. because Bucky being his best friend, you know, like I went back, I lived my life out with, uh, with Peggy. It's time for a new cap and Mm -hmm. Sam's the guy because Bucky was completely cool with the whole thing. Like it was just like, especially when I watched it the second time, I started to notice this. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. he's just like, Sam, you go talk to him. Like he knew what, he knew who it was, and he knew what he had to say to him. Yeah, and I don't think that old Cap got pooped out right there. I think that Cap drove up to where they were at. Yeah, old Cap, you know, and he right, just and yeah. he just showed up I at just the right time. Probably sitting there, he was probably sitting there and watched his younger self go back in time. Right. Yeah, I think that too. It's just that according to the rules of everything else, if if he goes back and. He's changing the past by just simply just being there. It, it, it shouldn't. But it I don't think he was timeline? changing anything. I think that he was just quietly living out his life in this little, this little nice neighborhood with Peggy. Yeah, but Peggy, I th- I had, Peggy, Peggy had a different husband and kids, though, didn't she? Well, okay. I thank thought you. she had a family. Thank you for bringing that up because I'm going to pull some audio up here from Captain America: The Winter Soldier. They're talking about Bucky Barnes right now, and the next thing it'll cut to uh, Peggy talking about... Winter. Here we go. A blizzard had trapped half our battalion behind the German line. Steve, Captain Rogers, he fought his way through a Hydra blockade that had pinned our allies down for months. He saved over a thousand men, including the man who would, uh, who would become my husband, as it turned out. Even after he died, Steve was still changing my life. Hmm. So, so that in Winter Soldier, 
like I thought someone else had that had the same idea. Now, now again, maybe they're just kind of covering up for the fact that Steve's, you know, actually her husband. Um, I need to find. I need to find the. Or it's possible that the the husband that she was talking about there passed away, and then Steve came back into her life. I mean, there's there's a bunch of ways that you could explain that away. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, the number of people they say he saved um there's various numbers within the movies they contradict themselves two or three times well (laughs) okay (laughs) now okay this is from matthew marks uh steve stayed in the past we'll call him steve two now and went to find peggy after steve one was frozen the ice now we're back in a consistent timeline. So that means that Peggy was always reunited with Steve in the 1950s or whenever. So when she was filmed for the Captain America documentary that plays in the museum in Winter Soldier, she was hiding details. Steve, too, had to leave in secret, live in secret, especially once Steve 1 came out of the ice. So finally in 2023, after, or 2024, actually, after the epic battle, Steve 2, now an elderly man, could return to the Avengers complex and pass on his shield to Sam. Well, it's possible that Steve, too, took on a different identity. I mean, they got married, so right. there has to be a marriage license with the name on it. Right. He's not going to put Steve Rogers. And so it's possible they could have pulled a Don Draper and took the identity of someone that actually did die behind enemy lines. Yeah. And and it's possible that this, this man that she married was really Steve Rogers all along. Yeah. Guys, I'm going to add to our conversation here someone that you guys don't know. But he's got a short window of time. Um, if I can, uh, if I can pull up this on. thing here, this is. Uh, I'm, I'm going to introduce you guys to. Oh, rats! What just happened? I'm going to introduce you guys to Cam Hopman. He is the uh, chief meteorologist for W um, E V V out of Evansville, Indiana. He is the Big Honkin Show's resident meteorologist as well. Oh, and I so, think I met him at celebration. You sure did. You sure did. So, let me see if it, it's supposed to be calling him. I'm. I'm letting him know that I am I'm calling you on the Skype, and he's not answering. He's got a he's got a break. He he may not he may have to be going back to the news now. I might have I might have lingered too long. Cam, you with us? No, he's not. Oh well, well rats. Cam, Cam Hopman. I don't get to play his music. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> We've got great big honking show music for him. So anyhow, we'll, we'll try to get back with him in a minute. Um, not on this call, Cam Hoffman. Thank you, Cam, for not answering. So, okay, I, I guess what I'm saying is that I just... I They did a great job, I feel like, of laying out their rules of time travel for this movie, as you have to do in time travel movies. Mm-hmm. But it's still causes my head to hurt a little bit Mm. i I like the fact that it was different than the conventional rules um they needed to do that in order to make the story work um but it it was a little bit refreshing that it wasn't a replay of every other you know movie that we've ever seen as far as how time works right and and i'm glad that they uh they they did that because and they even called that out well you know this isn't the movies hello all right, here, hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, is. yeah, let me, Cam, let me play in, sir. <laughs> thunder, feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder. 
He is the chief meteorologist of WEVV out of Evansville, Indiana. Ladies and gentlemen, Thunder Cam. Hey, guys. Cam Hopman. What's Welcome, up, sir. Hey. How you guys doing? Cam, good, you, how are you? Cam, you know Arish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah actually, good to talk Irish to you at, again, uh, man. Yeah, man. And yeah, I bumped into you at uh, Celebration. We also have on the line author Adam Bray. Hey. hey, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well, sir. Guys, this is Cam Hopman, chief meteorologist from WEVV, Evansville, <laughs> Indiana. I don't know if I've mentioned that or not. He's also the big honking show man on the scene. He he yeah. gives us the weather from South Georgia all the way up in Indiana. <laughs> Cam, welcome to the show. I know you've got a limited window of time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So go ahead, and, and, and this is one of the things. Welcome to Geek Out Loud, by the way, sir. Uh, thanks. You know, I've been listening to uh, Gull for, God, years at this point, so it's actually kind of cool to be on. Well, it's cool to have you on. What yeah. Thoughts on Endgame? Oh, man. Uh, thoughts off the top. Uh, Cap finally picking up Mjolnir after Ultron and thinking years of that actually uh, being the case and actually coming to fruition. Mm. Dude, unreal. I was, here's the thing. So I spent that... The day at celebration, uh, Irish saw me. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, everyone around is into everything. So the trailer plays for the 900th time on uh, the dot com stage, and everyone's cheering and freaking out. I go and see Endgame at 10:30 in the morning out here in Evansville, Indiana, <laughs> and everyone's quiet, and everyone's just kind of taking it in and watching it. And Cap picks up Mjolnir, and I screamed yes at the top of my lungs, and everyone looked at me like. I had a third leg or something like that, so it's it was a blast to see it. But uh, I kind of wish I was with a a group on really like opening <laughs> night. Friday I had night, the exact I same. Been... I had the exact same I, response at that. So did I. Both yeah. both both of my viewings. It was a very subdued. I think the chairs were just too comfortable in a three hour movie. Everybody <laughs> yeah. kind of got lulled into yeah. a state of complacency. Oh no! I was saying I responded to that moment the same way you did, Cam. Our theaters, our, both of our theaters, were great. People were applauding at the right times and getting excited. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, I was, was no I was the sole nerd in the audience who responded that way, but like the rest of the theater didn't go along yeah. with me. Oh gosh, my whole theater people were people were screaming and laughing and crying and standing up and giving standing ovations at different spots. You know, I did typically as I I do at my local movie theater, I do four day book signings all day long for the Marvel and Star Wars premiere weekends. And there were little little children that came out of the theater and up to my table to look at my books and with tears running down Mm. their eye. And I was like, yes, that's when you know the movie's (laughs) good and impactful. Cam, oh, that's perfect. Cam, as a meteorologist, what do you know about quantum physics? <laughs> Not much, Steve. Okay, so you can't help us with our time travel questions. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I, you know, I did. Okay, so um, I read the, I read the, 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 the rules or the Marvel rules, kind of. Someone uh, on Reddit kind of mapped it all out and stuff like that. And it tended to make sense. I, I kind of like that they took a twist on time travel, made it a little bit different than. Uh, anything we've seen before, um, for the most part. I mean, they kind of made a mockery of uh, the whole going back in time and changing the future kind of thing, back to the future. Uh, who is it? Hot Tub Time Machine? Hot Tub Sebastian's, Time Machine. Sebastian stands in Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, so, is then, he? Yeah. Okay, I was wondering, I knew there role. had to be a connection there because I knew Paul Rudd wasn't in it. <laughs> yeah, I think he's. I think he's got some small role, either in the first or second one. I can't remember, but I remember him having some sort of small role there and 
Um, so it's it's I kind of dug that it's it's a little different. They did it a little differently, but you know, with any time travel kind of plot, there's gonna be some holes here and there. But I kind of right. I understand people being ups- not not upset. Can we all anyone be upset that Marvel just pulled off the greatest cinematic thing, whatever? Twenty two films they finally culminated in that battle. Yeah. Oh man, unreal. Unreal. And if you have a chance to see it again, uh, the the one big Easter egg that I've seen online that I've missed and and is really an Easter egg. A lot of people are calling callbacks Easter eggs, and they're trying to make out like um, uh, like I don't know lines about it. I don't. Uh, the, the, the Easter egg's gotten lost in what it actually is. But a really right. great Easter egg is is in that final battle, and I didn't realize Ravagers were coming through some of those portals. Oh, I didn't I see caught- that. I caught the Ravagers my, my, on my second view. Yeah, I did too. Really after cool. after I was told to look, but Howard the Duck is in there coming out with them. Is he in there? Yeah. Okay, I heard rumors awesome. that he was in there, but I didn't see him. Yeah, he's he's in there. Phenomenal. Um, which is which is great, but uh, it, it yeah that ending battle was just the, this movie. I thought one of the great things about the structure of this movie, guys, and and Eris, you. You deal with literature all the time, and and you deal with story structure and everything else. I thought one of the great things about this movie was just it opens with that gut punch of Hawkeye's family to kind of put us back at the snap. Uh, Right away, I was like, I don't want to see this. I I can't watch this. Don't start this. this And even in the trailer, when they were showing that scene in the trailer, I was like, oh, I know how this is going to end. I was you, just you so knew. glad we didn't see them turn to dust. Oh God! <laughs> and then, and then you kind of have the the opening moment where they go to the garden to take out Thanos, which feels, you know, almost like the 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 opening James Bond adventure in some ways, you know. Mm-hmm. And then from that point, it's this subdued thing where there's just this there's this incline in the action. It's literally what you know what they call in literary terms the rising action. To lead to that huge climactic battle, and but I'm still with it the whole time. I thought the structure of this movie was really, really well done from a storytelling standpoint. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it was definitely that perfect three acts. Act one, everyone's depressed. It's horrible. Life is terrible. Act two was the time heist. Act three was the battle. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was a perfect three act structure, and I mean, it almost broke down first hour, second hour, third hour. Um, it was mapped out really well. It was just. Man, I was emotionally exhausted, especially after that first hour, because they go and you're like, all right, all right, we're getting right into it. And right away, it's just another gut punch, man. And it, it just that just that hurt. That one hurt. Kim, what does you know, it, I, I, go ahead, Adam? Oh, yeah, I was going to say one thing um, I got to say that I, I really loved about this movie and. Unfortunately, because there's so many things going on and so many, you know, payoffs, um, I think it's probably going to be the biggest overlooked thing. And that is just um, Karen, Jillian, uh, and um, uh, Nebula's Nebula. uh, journey through all of this. I, I just thought it was it's one of the most beautiful things in the movie and it's one of the one of the the most beautiful and well-written threads through the whole mcu spanning several movies is just her her complete journey and her total reformation in this movie Mm -hmm. 
um, and how she goes from the heartless, soulless villain uh, in the you know the first Guardians movies to where now she's you know got the heart and soul, and she's so tender with Rocket. Uh, holding his hand and so tender with Tony in the beginning. Yep. Oh, that you, scene you, where they're playing football. Oh, that was, was the amazing. Best. I Unreal. Loved it. And the way now she, you know, before in the previous Guardians movie, it was Gamora, you know, saving Nebula and about that sister relationship. But in this movie, it's Nebula almost kind of saving Gamora. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and just the whole, you know, the tables have turned with the sisters. And the whole thing about her being, you know, basically being an abused daughter and how she's worked through that and come through the whole thing. And when they kill Thanos, you know, she she is, you know, she's abused and she wants to kill Thanos and all that. But yet she's tender and they show her she closes Thanos eyes and, you know, after he's beheaded and she looks at him tenderly. So, you know, just the depth of her emotion, I just and how complex of a, a character and a person she is. I thought it was so beautiful, but I think it's going to get overlooked because of everything else going on in the film. I could see it easily getting overlooked. And honestly, it, actually, it's, it's, it's not. I've seen a number of posts written about oh, really? how she was like the surprise kind of emotional arc in the movie. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, that's great because I think she she is one of her. She's one of the backbone characters of the movie. Well, and she's, it's, I mean, heck, uh, you go back to the first Guardians and, what was that, 2014? You go back and you tell people back then, hey, you know, in a few years, Nebula is going to be one of your favorite characters. No one's going to believe you because uh, yeah, Karen Gillan was, no, no, not at all. I mean, she played that role so perfectly between uh, Volume 2 um, and I don't particularly remember her a whole lot in infinity war um i know she had a role and she was there but i don't well she was her role she was thanos had titan you know yeah uh, thanos had her uh and he's how she he she is how he knew that gamora had found the the soul stone Stone. because he had her all like taken apart basically yep and was torturing her. that's right okay yeah and and I don't, but I, there was no emotional kind of death there, I guess. And this one, it just, it was full. I mean, it was Gamora's movie. It well, was Gamora's and Hawkeye's movie. You mean Nebula and Hawkeye? That's it. Sorry. Yeah. Well, Nebula. you know, in yeah. Nebula, that 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 is the continuation of Nebula's story arc from Guardians Two. Yeah. Right. And and really, the truth be told, you know, a couple of things that surprised, I think, several of us who. Our huge Marvel nerds from way back. Number one is that Adam Warlock never came into play in anything right. that went on. Right. Well, because he hasn't been established. Right. Yet. But I, I think a lot of people expected him to be based on you know the Guardian stuff. But then the other thing is um, Nebula actually plays a big role in the original Infinity Gauntlet yeah, story. The, yeah. Uh, yep. To the point that she gets the gauntlet and puts it on at yep. one point. Huh. So, yeah, but let's let let's be that original that. Original comic story: The Celestials play a role in that. Galactus, right? Does. Oh, sure, sure, sure. They yeah. brought everything in the kitchen sink for right. that story. Indeed, uh-huh. yeah. A lot of which has yet to be established in the MCU. Right, and uh, and so but because of that story, I did have a feeling that Nebula was going to play a sizable role in this. That, and I think that's my point: is that I, is that though people were surprised by Nebula, I it makes perfect sense to me because. 
she did play a big role in in the original Infinity Gauntlet story, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and and I I dug it. Uh, Daniel Andy says Nebula is the Asajj Ventress of the MCU. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, I can that's see a that good comparison. So, um, Tenton in the chat says redemption stories in abundance across all Marvel mediums. So, um, I, I, I don't. Steve, I, I want to bring this up because you brought up like the the whole structure of this and stuff a few minutes ago. Right. I just want to point out the the kind of odd parallel over the last week between Endgame and the last two episodes of Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, and, and, oh, and I won't go into detail about Game of Thrones in case people haven't seen last night's episode and stuff. But the, the the two episodes of Game of Thrones and Endgame have been oddly similar in that the the first kind of half of the story was a lot of fan service, mm-hmm. a lot of like mm-hmm. little moments that you know mm-hmm. people had been looking for and stuff, all leading up to like an hour of just like utter epic combat mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and just going into this weekend. I'm just like, this is going to be one crazy emotional weekend between Endgame and then the Battle of Winterfell on Sunday night. And it, it, it truly was. It was, I can't remember ever getting two huge cultural milestone kind of things like this within the same weekend. It's mm. been crazy. But uh, I just found those pa- so many parallels between these two things over the last week to be really fascinating mm-hmm. and kind of, I guess, weird Kowinski Dinkses kind of things, but yeah, I, I honestly, uh, now that you mention it, you, their parallels are uncanny. Honestly, uh, it's, it's like you said, that last hour battle, uh, for both were, were kind of the culmination of everything up until this point. I mean, for what, 21 movies prior to this, yeah, uh, and not, not, eight, se- yeah. seven and a half seasons yeah. of, uh, you know, the Game of Thrones began with Winter is Coming. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it kind of culminated in that last night. Uh, did anyone uh, watch not Endgame and then watch Game of Thrones back to back? Yes. I have, no, I have not seen Game of Thrones. <laughs> Okay. That, that that that's that's one brutal four and a half I, hours. Man, if, I have if friends, anybody did have do friends, that. I have friends who had tickets to see Endgame last night. They immediately they and it wasn't planned. It was just you know we couldn't get tickets until Sunday, and then before they bought these tickets a while ago before they knew what episode three of Game of Thrones was going to even be, and lo and behold, they go and see Endgame. They get home eight o'clock. Game of Thrones starts, and I talked to him afterwards and. They're like, this has been the longest day of my life. Well, just drained. Yeah, just drained. At the bottom. I think I don't think I could. I, I'm way behind on Game of Thrones, so um, you know, I, I don't even know that I'd be able to catch up without going back and watching everything to refresh myself. It's been that long since so I've watched it, but um, I know this. I know that when we came out the Friday afternoon that we saw it of Endgame, I was too emotionally spent to get involved in anything remotely heavy. Um, This uh, Endgame, to me, like I'm still in some ways processing it because it really does does feel like the end of an era. 
and, and I know it's yeah. meant to, you know, and 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 it's like Chad was talking before you guys came on. You know, he said, well, how do they top this? And I said, I think the idea is not to try to top this, but to try to tell the best story possible as you move forward with each yeah. movie. And, and because that's what I think Marvel's success has been to this point is that they've just been telling good stories with good characters. And yeah. and and the way Secret Wars. <laughs> Shut your mouth! Don't you get my hopes up, Aaron Chernovice? Don't you dare! The Russo brothers have said the Russo brothers are on record saying that if Marvel lets them do Secret Wars, they are back in a second for that. Everyone, can yeah. we take a moment to pray? <laughs> I mean, look, we need Marvel to bring the X Men into the fold. Fantastic, Fantastic Four, Doctor Doom. There's yeah. a lot that well, they have to and bring look, into the fold yet, but I would not be surprised if 10 years from now we're doing a special Geek Out Loud podcast for uh, the Secret Wars event. Well, look, okay, I'm, this is all I'm going to say about that, is that one of my favorite moments in all of comic book history takes place in Secret Wars, and I felt like they nodded to that a little bit in this, and that is Secret Wars issue number four. There's not much to the cover. It's just a gray cover because it's a huge mountain. And at the bottom of that mountain is oh, the, Hulk the Hulk holding, holding the mountain up on his back. And they kind of, I feel like they kind of. I thought of the same thing, uh, Steve. Yes. I thought of the same thing in, when I'm in the scene after the Avengers headquarters has been blown up mm-hmm. and he's holding it up. Right. Same uh, thing came to uh, mind. And so I just, I, and, and here's what I expected because the whole time. And I've and I've already geeked out about the 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 idea that this isn't Professor Hulk proper in this movie, that this is more like Banner from the Secret Wars era, where he had the mind in the Hulk's body, where he was put, where it was his mind controlling the Hulk's body, but he was slowly losing control of that. And when they're underneath that mountain in Secret Wars, Reed Richards starts giving Banner a hard time about how he's not as smart as Reed and all this other stuff, and all he's really good for is what he's doing. And when they finally get out, you know, the Hulk goes over to him and he's like, thank you for doing that. You realize that the matter I get, the stronger I get. So you were keeping me angry so I'd keep my strength up. But he was slowly but surely losing himself back to the Savage Hulk. And, huh. and, and so that's kind of more this banner than Professor Hulk. And so when he's doing that, I'm thinking, someone's about to tick him off. He's about to get ticked off a little bit and finally go do some real smashing. But he never really did. Uh. <laughs> So. No, we didn't. Yeah, I guess we didn't really have that Hulk moment. I guess we got it with New York Hulk. Uh, oh, yeah. We got yes. a little extra Shatari jump up on the car or whatever. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, that was fantastic. And then Rah. You know, Rah. Ruffalo walks. It's a little much. <laughs> well, was, I love the that was a nice stairs. Moment. Take the stairs. I love the anger of the <laughs> stairs situation. <laughs> so many stairs. So many stairs. Oh, bring, okay, you bring that up. Uh, the Disney Plus uh, Loki uh, show. Is probably going to be that, right? Well, we've talked about that, and and what and what Adam was saying before is what what we understand is it may be more of like past stories, older stories with okay, yeah. But we're not really sure. And also, remember, you can't change the you can't change the future by altering the past and all this other stuff. So Mm, true. But let's keep in mind that. Feige is on record talking about the Disney Plus shows and that they have been planning these out for a number of years now and that 
the shows are going to be affected by the movies and the movies are going to be affected by the shows. Right. So this isn't just something that they're just throwing out there willy nilly. This has been right. These stories have been in planning stages for some time. So it's not going to be like the Netflix stuff where is it part of it really or is it not? These are going to have direct connections to the MCU film catalog. Exactly. So that Loki leaving New York with the, 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 the cube that could be where his show starts off. I I'm kind of thinking that it, that is it. There were <clears throat> there were a couple of um, things in the movie that um, yeah that just felt like setups for either movies or TV shows as, as starting points. I think. I think after Captain Marvel and now Endgame, they need to do a de-aged series too. Where it's just take all the older actors and digitally de-age them. <laughs> yes. The de-aged Avengers. I would like the to see... The de-aged Michael Douglas with the long hair was great. I would like to that see Captain wild. America's adventures through time and space returning the Infinity Stones. Yes. Right. So yeah. we had to go see Red Skull at some point. You think that was a surprise? That's the thing. That's the one thing I'd yeah. love to see is him show up to return that Soul Stone and there's the Red Skull. That's my one, if I have one pick to knit with this movie, it's, I really wish Steve had been the one to go to Vormir. Mm. I I really would have loved to have seen, or at least somebody go to Vormir that can come back and know who that was. Yeah. Yeah. To be like, hey, Steve, by the way, you're not going to believe who I saw in Vormir. (laughs) Well, that also would have been interesting because he says the whole, we don't trade lives. And that's precisely what he would have had to do mm. on Boromir. So that yeah. would have been interesting. That would have been a nice little, uh, little development. But yeah, you're right. That would have been a that would have been a fun little moment at least. Well, and here's the question too, because Steve, I, I heard at the end when you were talking to the previous guest, you guys were talking about Black Widow. Mm-hmm. What happens when he returns the Soul Stone? Well, again, I'm not much of a writer, but I think I could bring Natasha back, no problem. And and that be the caveat that he returns the soul stone, thus Natasha is now returned. Right. You know. Yeah. Now you can't really do that with Gamora, but Well, he wouldn't know to do it with Gamora. Right. But I'm saying he doesn't know who Gamora is. I, right. All right. And speaking of Gamora, remind me. So Quinn's or Quill's looking for her at the did she dust off? No. No, because she's She's trying to defeat Thanos. She's not part of his army. Okay. So then. so she wouldn't have been, you know, somebody who... Because I'm just imagining that Tony's like, you know, dust every, all Thanos and his entire army. Then so at that point, she? she's no longer part of his army. Okay. Just, that was kind of and she was also the one of the... She was one of the female Avengers that was helping to protect the gauntlet too yeah okay you're right i do remember that she so she's just kind of disappeared on her own right yeah i i had a feeling even before i saw this movie um that our guardians 3 is going to be even regardless of what happened here our guardians 3 would be a sort of search for spock yeah search search for for gamora Gamora. i love it i love star trek 3 i think the actress is kind of 
come out that she's sort of had it with the green makeup. Mm, that's unfortunate. So I think that, and this was before James Gunn was taken off and then put back on and stuff. I think she kind of sees Guardians 3 as her last run okay. with I Gamora. That's kind yeah. of what yeah. I, the hints that I've gotten through some comments that she's No, had. money can change a lot or of people's as minds. as I'm calling as Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, that, right. That exactly. That better be what they call Oh, sure. Well, right. And here's the thing, depending, and again, Zoe Saldana, depending on... Uh, on where this movie ends up, she could be one and two. She was in Avatar, and she's in this. So yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. But it would but be. But it's going to be was... Endgame one and Avatar two. Do you think? Yeah. Also, also, I do. Star Trek three is like one of the best Star Trek movies. Oh, <laughs> I love Search for Spot. So, Great. to take that, Trekkies. Uh, so, so, Cam, how much longer have we got you? Anything else you want to throw out there about? Uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, this is the end game special, I know. But uh, Steve, I, I, I texted you right after I got home from celebration. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you guys talked about the uh, Rise of Skywalker trailer? No, no we're uh, no, and we're not Steve going. Steve doesn't to. like Star Wars anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. He doesn't like Star Wars. He was not interested in anything I had to say about celebration. None of that is true. I think he enjoyed the barf costume, and that was about oh, it. I love the barf costume, man. You look great that was as barf. Great. Yeah. And you made Good Morning America. That's awesome. There you go. So that was awesome. Yeah. Cam, have you ever been on Good Morning America? I have not. No. Oh, no. man. It's, I'm sorry. It's, it's, Wait, but it's, you, guys, you guys are not a you're, – you're a Fox affiliate. Yeah, we're, we're okay. Fox and CBS. So okay, either, CBS uh, affiliate. Uh, CBS this morning and CBS Fox this morning. Oh. have a morning show. No, I, maybe maybe one day you'll get on this morning. There we go. That's what That'd I'm hoping for. All right, That'd everyone, pray fun. for Cam. Prayers for Cam. Hashtag <laughs> prayers for Cam. So. It's gonna start trending. People are gonna get worried. Hey Cam, have a have a great show tonight, man. All right, guys. Hey, thank you so much, Steve. This is awesome, guys. Thank and, uh, you. Have a good night. And uh, far from home. What? That's uh, July, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, that'll be fun. All right, man. We'll talk to you right, soon, guys. Cam. Thanks so we'll much. See ya. Thanks. See ya. Later. Peace. Bye. That's Cam, ladies and gentlemen. Cam Hopman, uh, meteorologist, chief meteorologist of EVV. So, um, can can we peruse a few emails here, guys? Yeah. From our sure. listeners, because we had tons of people send some emails in. This comes from Shannon, uh, aka Spider Shan. Says, not sure if this email will get you in time for the show tonight. It did, but I want to share my thoughts on Avengers Endgame. In a word, it was incredible. I love how they were able to tie in so much from past movies and even a nod to the Peggy Carter show that was on a few years back. Looking back at my MCU collection, there's maybe only a couple of movies that weren't touched on at least a little. I just hope someday they can and will reference The Incredible Hulk again. Such an underrated movie. I agree, Shannon. Then there was the third act, which has to go down as one of the most epic in cinematic history. The movie was made for the fans in the best possible way. I laughed, I cheered, I cried, and most importantly, I geeked out loud. Um... I think that you know one of the things that makes this movie feel so special, guys, are the touchstones to all of what has come before. You know, mm-hmm. right down right. to right down to the cheeseburgers at the end. You know, we joked about you know John Favreau feeding you cheeseburgers, Adam. But I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, Tony wanting a cheeseburger when he gets out of captivity, you know, when he gets home after being in captivity, 
is is not really a throwaway thing, but it almost is a throwaway thing. You know, mm-hmm. the, there's no need to have to reference that, but to do so just to me pays so much reverence and so much proper homage to everything that had come before. Right. And, 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 well, and that it's, she, she tells it to happy and happy was the one who handed him the cheeseburger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, even the very fact that the sound effect, the post credit sound effect mm-hmm. is Tony in the cave, hammering the armor. Mm-hmm. The original armor. Yep. It's just it's a it it was just a great those touchstones and everything are just mm-hmm. I think were fan one of the things that made this so so cool. I've actually here's the response I've heard to this movie though, and it comes from a young person. And by young I mean like 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And someone who was, you know, eight when Iron Man comes out. And so they grow up with these movies and every movie means something they're having birthday parties you know based on iron man and the avengers or whatever the case may be this kid says for his group for his geek generation that end game is their empire strikes back okay i would think return of the jedi well i well, think i think I, that they're considering it the best of the the group. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's what yeah. that's what he meant. Is like this is as impactful to us as Empire has been to right. lifelong Star Wars fans from that generation. And you know the oh, yeah. the forty one year old man, the forty two year old man, forty two now, the forty two year old man in me says, "Ooh, calm down, kid." But then I'm like, "Yeah, I can see that. I can totally yeah. see that." You oh know? yeah, I'm I'm totally there with that. I totally get that um, because. There's there's nothing that's been done cinem- cinematically on this level. I mean, I love Star Wars, but it hasn't it hasn't uh, accomplished this. No, nobody has accomplished this. That you know, over ten years, what twenty two movies you said it was? 22 yeah, twenty two total movies. Yeah, that they built twenty two movies that <coughs> for a large part like had their own tones. Mm-hmm. You know, their own moments, things like that, and still part of a whole like this. Yeah. Never been. Do- I don't know that it'll ever be done be- again. I don't know that no, Marvel's going to be able to do it to this extent again. No. I don't know that Marvel's going to try to do it to this extent yeah. again. Yeah, I think it's very unlikely to happen again. I mean, just in one weekend, this movie has made more money than almost every other blockbuster has made in total. So. Yeah, it's it I vaulted don't. it vaulted Captain Marvel back up to the number two spot also this weekend. I don't doubt it. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, granted, the number two spot was like eight and a half million dollars, but you know, the, a movie that came out a couple months ago like shoots back up because there's people who are like, oh, I better go see Captain Marvel or I want to see it again now that right. I've seen Endgame. You know, that's pretty impressive. I thought it was pretty impressive. Speaking of Captain Marvel, one of my fears was, and I've got a little, I've got a beef with Captain Marvel, but not a not a big thing, because I don't know when Captain Marvel became the most powerful character in Marvel. Um, but I was really glad that 
she wasn't the end all be all in this movie. Like my yeah. fear, so my yeah. fear I was that they yeah. used her very smartly. I thought it was incredibly right. intelligently, and she comes in and saves the day at just the right moment. And I loved her exchange with Peter. I mean, I thought yeah. I, it was so. She's like, "I'm Peter Parker." She's like, "Hey, Peter Parker, you want to hand me that?" Yeah, you know, I love yeah. that little exchange. That I thought was it was cute. great. Well, I loved her line to to uh, to Rhodey. Yes. Where he's like, well, where have you been all this time? And she's like, there's a lot of other planets in the galaxy, and unfortunately, they don't have you guys. Right. Yeah. I thought was perfect. Yeah. Right. Perfect. Because if if because she'd just had just where she's been for twenty yeah. years, her lines, though sparingly, were really good. Because the problem when you have someone that's like as all powerful as she is, and frankly, someone that's had some controversy uh, as the actress in some of the the press tour stuff is that the character could come off very arrogantly mm -hmm. but the the way the lines that were written and the way she played them with her mannerisms and stuff it came off very respectful and cute and she doesn't upstage the other characters which is important the the original characters you know had to be the stars of this movie not because this is the end of their arcs you know you can't have the new character being the the, the big star that saves everything right it wouldn't you know, the audience right. wouldn't i don't think they'd receive it in the end very well but i'll but also she, but she had her moments uh, yes right. exactly ship exactly was epic. yes that was awesome right. yeah and the, then even the, the fight with thanos himself was cool it was it, it, and it's one of those things that does concern me i've never been like i love superman and I always feel like when people talk about, well, Superman's too powerful, that's like a, a bum argument about him because, like, what makes Superman super is his character, not just his powers. With her, right. you know, to not be phased by the headbutt from Thanos, I'm like, is she too powerful? I don't know. I'm going to have to spend more time with this character down the road to kind of see. Mm -hmm. I, need to, I need to see her because her struggle in the, move, in the Captain Marvel movie was where she came from, learning to use these powers, and et cetera. I, I'm going to have to see her in, at some point against the wall in a weakened, not in a weak state, but in a, in a state where there is something more powerful than her, you know, where, yeah. mm -hmm. where there is a real threat to see how she responds. We're going to bring in Scott Riefen, guys. Um, All right. Scott Riefen of Straight Talk on WGIG, if he'll, if he'll come on. Scott, are you? Uh, there he is. Hold on, Scott. There he is. Don't say anything, right. Scott. Hey, Scott. Oh, Scott, don't say anything. Hold on. Sorry. Hold on. <clears throat> Hold on. What the? Come on now. There we go. <laughs> and now, the most listened to man in South Georgia radio, Scott Rifen. What's now, up? Good morning, everybody. <laughs> uh, hey. What? what happened? What's going on, man? Where'd the music go? What's what's up, guys? How you doing? Hey, Scott. Man, I gotta tell you something, Irish. This is the best I've ever heard you. You sound great. Thank you. Thank you. I would and, say uh, that. You know, I'd, I'd say that to to. Uh, coming uh, from the most listened to good. man in Georgia, I appreciate that. Woo! Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, I, I guess we should talk about the movie, huh? Yes. Yeah. What? Let's let's get your thoughts, Scott. Okay. Well. Okay, first, I was a little resistant to the idea of Anakin actually having a Padawan. I didn't really think that was 
but as the movie went on and they started calling each other cute nicknames, I, I started to dig it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Now, we're talking about Avengers Endgame. Oh, oh, I yeah. guess I should have seen that. Yeah, um, and, you okay. can, and you can spoil on this particular show. You don't have was, to worry about spoilers. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, we're totally spoiling the heck out of this thing. Excellent. Guys, sorry, I just got to take an emergency pee break. Oh, go go ahead, Adam. Yourself. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> You're going to go find a local cemetery? <laughs> yeah. You're just on the World Wide Web announcing that. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll look for Could the Could have just said I got to take a break for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, you, keep, you keep talking. Well, I'll be right it's, back. It's kind of like actually going to see the movie when you think about it. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> exactly. And how many got through it, by the way, without a break? Oh, me, oh, twice. Not a problem, both yeah. times. Yeah. Man, I normally have the bladder of an orphaned mouse, but <laughs> I made it through the whole thing. Fievel? Yeah, Fievel. <laughs> I was very He's proud of myself. keep going west. That's right. I didn't even have any urges. I just, I, I, it's like almost my bladder went, you know what? I'm going to give you the day off. Nice. Well done. Well done, Scott's yeah. bladder. Thank well you. done. <laughs> hey, really quickly, Scott, before before you get into your serious thoughts and quit trying to do your yes. comedy routine, um, my, <laughs> my, wife, my wife was yeah. really bummed that we didn't actually see Captain Marvel answer the pager. Now, we see that scene in the post-credits stuff of, of Captain Marvel the movie, but she's like, I want to see her do that. I want to see her answer. And then, and now Obi Wan in the chat has said the same thing. And so my wife is like, um, "Hey, does someone in the chat want to see it too?" So we have to well, uh, look. We we didn't actually see Tony and Nebula get into the ship and fly off Titan. Well, that's what I said. No. I told her, I'm like, listen, you know, we, Captain Marvel well, is has received the page and is returning to earth when she runs into the ship. That's what and you, you are talking about three hours and 58 seconds. <laughs> How much more do you want? Well, that's what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> but listen, this is my same wife who the other night was talking to me as we're watching through all these. She's like, no oh, one. Oh, she, that's the same wife. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, the woman, the woman who I love with my whole heart, uh, she <laughs> says to me, she says, no one ever eats in these movies. And so I start, this is how I know how much I love these movies and how much I've paid attention to them. I start uh, going... Paul Rudd ate a sandwich. Oh, I go movie Nat through movie. Ate a, Nat ate a, we actually saw Nat make a sandwich. Yeah, I go movie... Thor is eating through like the whole movie. Thanos, the whole thing starts with Thanos eating. So Yeah, Thanos is cooking like a gourmet meal. Haley, yeah. Haley my wife Haley told me, she said, after the conversation we had that night, because I go through every Marvel movie... And explain where the eating is in them, and and that's when I realized how into these movies I am. But then, as we're watching, and Thanos is starting to cook something, there, I'm like, "There's some cooking." And so she said, "It's like they heard our conversation because the whole thing starts with hot dogs, and it and it, throughout the whole thing, it's nothing but food, food, food. They're doing their brainstorming session about the time ice, food, 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 tacos. Yeah. Hulk gives Scott tacos outside. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah." I about that. There is tons of food in this movie. Yes. But anyway, so well, my wife my said, wife loves to see people. Have, if she happens to say anything about nobody having to go to the bathroom during your podcast, you can just point to Adam. Oh sure, yeah. Well, she <laughs> she loves she loves backstory. My wife loves exposition is what she loves. Mm, and so if people if people will sit around and talk in a movie, she's all for it. As long <laughs> as they're explaining everything that every little thing that's going on. Um, 
And she'll inadvertently do that thing where she's picking apart something that doesn't need to be picked apart, but she doesn't mean to. We're watching Thor Ragnarok, and Thor is fighting uh, Fangrir, the big wolf, and they're down in the water fighting. She's like, you can't fight a giant wolf in the water like that. Do, you, do yourself a favor. Don't show her Superman 2, please. Oh, I should do that. But she says, she says... You can't fight a big wolf in the water like that. I'm like, oh, but you can grow big and green and have giant muscles. You can be on another planet with magic hammers and all this. You stuff. can be a giant wolf. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And so she just kind of, you know, starts laughing. She's like, okay, that's right. You know, but it's just she doesn't mean to pick things apart, but she ends up doing that sometimes. And so the all food I'm thing is, how did Superman get his powers back? They oh, didn't show him getting his powers back. They sure didn't. Well, they they showed him pick up that green crystal, and it's kind of inferred from there. Well, so is the pager going off. I know. Listen, I'm on your side, Scott. She also wanted Luis from Ant-Man in this movie. I did, too. Really? Oh, well, Scott, thank you so much for ruining my (laughs) night. All I'm going to hear now is Scott wanted it, too. Scott wanted it, too. My favorite internet thing was that at the beginning, that's how they should have done the recap of the first one. With Luis doing it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) So this guy comes from space, right? He probably got dusted. Yeah, I feel like he did. I he feel had like- to have gotten dusted, otherwise he would have been looking for Scott. Yeah, he would have been. That's, he would have yep. had the van. Yeah, that's a fair so, point. So, so here's something: if she likes, you know, questions like that, mm-hmm. how about what happens when suddenly half the world's population shows back up again? Mm. Apparently, there was a lot of happiness and joy. <laughs> but is there? Is there? How about? How about the wife whose husband vanished and she's now moved on and is she married to somebody else? I thought cares. about that. Yeah, or, I thought about that. Know, yeah, I guess it gives back everybody's stuff that you've taken. Everybody's <laughs> houses are de- derelict and beaten down. There's probably not enough food in the world now for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's true. Although a bunch of new cows just appeared. Well, this all right, true. all right, Thanos. I'm sorry that we, you know, that we defeated your crazy plan. Um, so Scott anyhow Scott I'm just saying did they really think about reversing the snap well here's the thing I feel like they could have maybe put some more thought into what they did to reverse it you know I want everyone back and I want everything to be okay and I want houses fixed or whatever the case may be do you come back exactly where you were when you vanished Peter and them did Okay, so like, what if you were what on if, an airplane when yeah, you vanished? and the plane's not there anymore. Yeah, do you come ooh, back at 30,000 feet and just... <laughs> All right, listen, your guys, you guys are ruining the movie. <laughs> so make it stop now. And Scott, back I to think, you. Hey, you brought, it up, you brought it up with, we want to see the pager answer. No, yeah. my wife did. <laughs> my wife wanted to see that. Scott, your, yes. thought, your thoughts on this movie, because I know you've got some. I have a lot of thoughts. I was uh, I was really amazed at the remake of the final episode of Seinfeld, and uh, come on, I, I thought no, it was it was neat because it was like they did their episode and then they made sure they had a callback to every single other movie, uh, and gave a lot of them closure. It's funny because one of the things people keep asking me because I was talking about this on my show, people keep saying, "Hey, because uh, there's like this FOMO created by the the marketing campaign, you know, like everybody wants to see it, even if they've never been involved in these movies before. And I keep being asked, 
is it okay if I go see this? Will I get anything out of it if I haven't seen any of the other movies? And my answer is like, no. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I, I don't. I don't understand how you sit through this if you haven't seen yeah. the others. Yeah. Because it's it's so long and it it's so dependent emotionally. It's so dependent on your your responding to things that were set up in previous films. Uh, I love that. I love that they gave Cap his dance. In fact, I I didn't even mean to. Uh, I turned to my wife the second I saw the house and I heard the music. I turned to my wife and I said, "He got to have his dance," and I didn't. It just like started coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to smile and say he got to have his dance and all of a sudden it just started blubbering. Yeah. And it was like, "Ah, I didn't mean to do that." There're probably 5 times in that movie where I just was like, "What what are these things?" No, right. I'm a man. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it uh, look, it was the two times I saw it, it was both times it was cap moments. They were different cap moments. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the first time it was Cap holding Mjolnir and Cap finally saying Avengers Assemble. Um, and then the second time it was def- it was Cap giving Sam the shield and then it was the dance. Ugh, the and dance. I was just a wreck. Those four moments, yeah. you know, just a wreck. Yeah. It's the, uh, it, the one ahead. moment where I really cried out and I was audible. No, was Thanos pushing that act into Thor's chest. It's a Lebowski, I w- Thor. Yeah, because I was already emotionally prepared because I was like, I know you guys are going to take Tony Stark from me and you, I know you're going to take Cap from me, but you cannot have Thor. <laughs> you cannot. Yeah, well, the good news was he built up enough padding that he could push it in some. Right. And right. it was okay. Yeah, man, uh, hey, man boobs are a great thing. Hey, you can't I, take him now that I can cosplay as yeah, him. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's part of the thought there. Hey, people can cosplay as Fat Thor. It'll be great. We don't have any We've fat We've already we, decided that when Golcon happens, there's going to be a, a cosplay as Fat Thor day. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> go, we're going to do the Lebowski Thor picture and everything. We don't uh, call him uh, Fat Thor. We call him Lebowski, Lebowski Thor, guys. Lebowski Thor. Yes, mm-hmm. perfect. Perfect. You know, I, I have to say this, though, because, like, I got one of my coworkers into this, and she's she's a female, and I got her into the Marvel thing last year and just said no, and made her watch everything in order, you know, in the order that it came out. Thank and you for that. she got caught up. Huh? Thank you for that. Yeah. And made her watch everything in order, and she just, she would come back and give me a little report on each movie. She really got into them, but she, she just kept, oh, and Thor. Oh, I love <laughs> Thor. Oh, I do, too. So, yeah. yeah, so then when you go to this movie... Not only do they not give you that Thor, but I thought it was great that they completely resisted the impulse to, you know, clean him up at some point. Yes, right. so do I. I mean, they could have just had him go, well, the big ball of energy, he's back to the way he was. And they didn't give us beefy Thor ever. Yeah. Well, I thought that was I thought that was bold. Well, my wife was not happy about that. And <laughs> I've gotten some emails of people who said that they really thought he would get his abs back with space magic. No, yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> Thank goodness they resisted that. I thought that was great. You know, it was, it was a little subversion of expectations, but it was fun. And, uh, you know, they didn't just undo it right then and there. Right. Now, I had somebody call my show today and venture the theory that uh, as as Guardians get older, they get fatter and more powerful. So all he did was get more powerful by getting fatter. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't know about that. Where did he get that from? That's a weird I theory. I don't know. But, you know, I was like, well, Volstag, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Was he older than Thor then, though? I mean, yeah. I don't... Stag is. 
I guess I don't know He's how. He's better than Thor. He sure is. Yeah. <laughs> Volstag the Girthy or whatever his name is. <laughs> Volstag the Girthy. <laughs> I think hippie is the word they use for him, actually. Hippie? Yeah, he's hippie. Okay, yeah, he's got he's got some <laughs> hips about him. Well, well, Thor, like I said, had the pure man boobs going. Um, it, Scott, you're—I mean, here's the thing: you're a Marvel, yes. you're a Marvel comics fan from yes. you know from from way back. Yes, and 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 one of the things that has been so great as a Marvel zombie or a Marvel fan since Iron Man, since 2008, you know, mm-hmm. is is just how the heart of of pretty much all these characters has been there on the screen, you know, as far as like what really makes these characters these characters. And and then for this to be kind of the culmination of what they started in 2008, and how do you feel as far as like if they were saying, all right, this is it, this is the truly the end game is the end, and there was no Spider-Man 2, there was no Black Panther 2 and all this other stuff, is this a fitting end to this cinematic universe? How can you not be happy about it? Okay. How can you not? How can you not? I mean, every character had a great arc. Every character was brought to a wonderful conclusion, uh, particularly the linchpins, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, no, I, I, if this were it totally period forever, and there were no other Marvel movies ever that I, that'd be okay. And, uh, you know, we're losing Chris Evans and we're losing our, our DJ but we were going to anyway, and I'd much rather they have a great end to their arc than to just disappear. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And, I, I'd yeah, gotten no, an email. I'm let me let, let me see. Speaking of speaking of emails and such as, um, <laughs> someone said this. Um, Mark All, I, I think it was him. I've just got to make sure that this is the right one. Um, mm, no. As you're skimming, yeah, please go ahead. As you're skimming, um, the thing about Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. is that I mean, the door is still open for both of them to come back. You know, make like little right. cameo appearance or something like that if they so choose. I mean, Cap is still out there. He's just an old yeah. man now. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, with that final uh, hologram message that Tony left. Mm. Like the door is open that they could do what they did in the comics and they did in the cartoons with the AI Tony Stark. Right. Um, So, I mean, there's still doors open. I didn't necessarily see this as a a definitive, the doors closed, locked. We're never going to see these guys again. Me neither. They're they're not going to be the frontline stars, but, you know. We might get a little surprise cameo here and yeah. there from that. Well, I I fully expect, you know, 10 years down the road, we're going to get some surprise reveal where one of these guys steps out, out of the shadows. But I also got to thinking, now that Stan Lee's gone, at some point, some of these guys are going to have their cameos in every movie, you know, in the background or something. Mm. They're, they're, I'm, I have no doubt they'll revive some kind of tradition like that later on. Oh, I think one of the Russos kind of planted his flag already for the cameo. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. He, oh, were they in it? He yeah, was the, the, in the support group scene. The guy who was talking about going on the date. Uh-huh. That, that was one of the That Russos. was one of the Russos. And then uh, the other okay. the older guy, the older guy there was Jim Starlin. 
Oh, mm. okay. So okay. <laughs> I thought I thought there might Dennis be some like, Marvel right. guys in that. Group. Right. Well, Jim. Yeah, yeah Jim Starlin it is. It felt the... like like we were supposed to know who some of them were or something. Yeah. It, it felt felt like there's something to that. Well, Starlin. Well, the Russos reached back to their community days too with a couple cameos also. Right. Right. Uh, the uh, the woman in the elevator and uh, the security guard were when Scott came out of his van we're both uh, oh yeah actors from community right. okay mm-hmm. um here's this was brian white again uh brian sent in a long email and so i've been kind of perusing this and bringing some stuff out of this he says i disagree with captain america's selfish ending that motive what that, yeah Whoa. that motive for his character was not earned at the end of age of ultron he was content with his current state and ready to move forward I would have rather he just go into the past and then not come back, leaving it open-ended. Then there are other ways Sam could have gotten the shield. I thought that was broken anyways. Cap's ending felt more like a real-world contract issue affecting a fictional character's ending. If it wasn't for contracts and actors getting older. I think Nebula should have gotten the glove and dealt with Thanos. Her character out of everyone needed that resolution. Now understand, oh. Brian loved the movie, and and he just uh-huh. he 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 had a lot that he enjoyed, and um, and 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 has a lot to say. But this is just one, this is one excerpt. This is like Rhodey reading out the excerpt from his report in Iron Man Two. I, I'm not trying to paint Brian in a bad light here, but no. yeah, but I think it was I, the moment that Cap saw Peggy again. Yeah, I think that that's where it all changed for him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm sitting over here feeling bad about sharing. And then just the the enormity of this whole thing. Yeah. You know? It changes you. Half the population of the galaxy they just brought back. You know, it it, it, uh, yeah, I think it's I think it was just like I've had enough. I have a chance to go back and finally get that dance and I'm gonna take it. In what they did, they basically created a second chance for everybody. Why can't yeah. he have his second chance? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I look, I'm not. I'm just saying this is what Brian said. I'm not no, saying well, I agree with it. We're responding to what Brian said. Yeah, but I do. I do think that there is a little bit of that real world contract issue going on. Even though I felt like they dealt with it well, but I also think that any writer, based on pushing time through someone, can bring young Cat back, no problem. Oh, sure. Right. You know, and they've done it in the comics. Cap for a time in the comics was old man Cap for a while. Um, but in all fairness, I'm really excited to see Sam as Captain America. Yeah, his. I, would like I think the have, potential there is huge. I would just like him to have some powers. Uh, and again, I think that that's. I mean, you could give him a suit yeah, or something like, like that that will help with that. But you know, I thought he did. He held his own with with his wings and stuff in this battle. Right. Oh what is, yeah. What does this mean, by the way? I, I know they announced for Disney Plus Captain America, or excuse me, uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier series. Mm-hmm. What does this mean for that? We don't know yet. I mean, because he's not. I mean, he's not the Falcon. So how is this Falcon and Winter Soldier, or is it set in a different time period? Oh, it I- could be set in a different time period, or it could wind up. I mean. He's not technically Captain America yet. Mm-hmm. You know, Steve's passed the shield to him, but 
maybe I also wondered if they might you know it's also look they they kind of pull the wool over our eyes with a lot of stuff you know they Uh, gave us a trailer with Thor where we it wasn't revealed that he was missing an eye you know the Infinity War trailer we saw Hulk Hulk running in and you know they so it might just be one of those so it could have been a dummy title and it may actually be Captain America and Winter Soldier yeah that's what I was could be Mm-hmm. And I think, listen, those two are going to be great together. I love those two yeah. together. Mm-hmm. And and I, let me ask you this, Scott, because this is this is a little bit of a blind spot for me. I know that for the longest time, the Captain America title was Captain America and the Falcon. Like they were a duo. Mm-hmm. They were their own little team. Did, Especially in the 70s. Right, yeah. Uh, did did Sam Wilson in the comics, did he have powers? Uh, at that point, I don't think he did. Uh, although he had his his relationship with his falcon, right? He had the bird, um, but uh, you know, Very, I guess later he in the comics he did become Captain America, but uh, in the seventies run, no, I, I don't think he really had any powers other than the wings and his bird. But he didn't have powers when he did his Captain America run in the comics. That uh, see that I didn't read. Yeah, that he. I, never, I wasn't. I wasn't there for that. He's got a cool costume. I like his costume as Cap because he's got the wings. It's all the red, white, and blue stuff, and he's and he's carrying the shield as well. Uh-huh. And I remember reading a story where he was talking about the trouble of getting the shield to do what Steve could get it to do. Mm. Like he's like that's part of why he's taking down some criminals or whatever. He's like, you know, missed again. I've got to figure out the angles on this thing, you know, that kind of thing. And so, um, it's uh, well. And aside from the military training and the metal arm, Bucky doesn't have powers, does he? Oh, I he's got he the serum. Super yeah, he's got some version of the super yeah. soldier serum. Yeah, because okay. he snatched a guy off a motorcycle while it was riding towards him. I'd say he's got something. Yeah, he's got he's got a version yeah. of the super soldier serum going. Okay, through. actually, well, let's. Uh oh. Oops, sorry about that, Adam. You've you've written some. You've written. You've done some writing in the in the Marvel universe about these characters. Did you Did you get to dive into Winter Soldier? Does are we right? He's got the. Super Soldier Serum? Um, yeah, that's that, yeah, that's my understanding. He's, okay. he's got a version because, um, yeah, that uh, Dr. Uh, um, Dr. Zola was working on that's right. working trying to recreate uh, that, I believe. And so Bucky was um, the test subject of that. And he, yeah, he received... Um, yeah, that the what was it the uh, when the first time he was kidnapped, I think he received some modifications from Zola before Captain uh, America even rescues him in the first movie. Right, um, but it doesn't. Uh, That's the right. Effects of that aren't seen until later. That's right. That's right. This is the guy who wrote the reference book, kid. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, this yeah. is why I went to him. So okay, in. This is another thing that people have been asking, and so let's get you guys' take on this. Scott, how does Cap have that shield? <laughs> the shield at the end? Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Is is the shield that Tony gives him the same shield? I don't know. It doesn't have the scratch mark from Black Panther on it. Plus, isn't can't he have pulled that shield from some other point in the timeline? I mean, I mean, he's all over the place. He could have, but again, we get in those wonky time travel rules that this thing's set up. Well, yeah. Which, that is, if the time shield if the shield existed for you, it's always there, and you can go pluck it from somewhere else, I guess. I know how he's got it. Go How's ahead, Eric. What you got? Tony made it for him. 
That's what I thought. Because if too. we already we, we already discussed that he probably had already met with Bucky to have the conversation, I wouldn't be surprised if he also went then and met with Tony. Well, and had the conversation with him, filled him in on everything, and asked Tony to make a new shield. G-Man is telling me that the star was different on that shield, and it, so it may well just be a totally different shield. Mm. Could he could he have gotten it from Wakanda? Could he have had Black, could he have had yeah, Black Panther make actually, it for him? Actually, that might even be a better scenario. Because mm-hmm. he's I, already got the relationship with, uh, with T'Challa. Yeah, right. I was actually thinking that if he'd he he if he'd gone back in time and was with Peggy, it was Peggy and Howard Stark that, that started Shield together. So may, perhaps Howard Stark had even made it for him. Mm. There's a winner too. But did they have the vibranium to do it at that point? That's 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 where it kind of comes into question. Because, like, as my understanding was that Cap Shield at the time that he got it back in World War II was the only vibranium they had. That's true. So, um, Seth says he's pretty sure he has it before he goes back in time. Nope, he does not have it before he goes back in time. Uh, he had the he had the hammer, which he had to turn. Yeah. He had to return Mjolnir to Asgard. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, is that what he did with it? Uh, yeah. Why did he have to return that. it to Asgard? So that Thor from that time period could get it back. Yeah, he did. T- he did plug it out of the time stream there. Mm-hmm. Right. I was so. wondering what happened to Mjolnir. Yeah, me too. So yeah, that's that was that's kind of my take on that. Um, what, we were talking this. We're talking this stuff, and and there's something. Haley and I were coming back the other night from watching it the second time, and we were kind of stuck on April seventh, nineteen seventy. Um, do you guys have any clue as to what? Why that date? Might, that's where. That's the date. Twenty-one that, days before I was born. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the date that Cap and Tony go back to when they run. Well, when is, they, is that not also the night of of the Winter Soldier wiping his dad out? No, that's nineteen ninety-one when that happens. Oh, is it? Yeah. Mission oh, report, December sixteenth, nineteen ninety-one. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how did they know that? How did they know that the cube was there? And that more importantly to it was that Pym was there also. Well, I think Tony... Because that was the key to it. Pym had to be there. Otherwise, there was no point in them going back to get the cube because then they couldn't have come back. Because that's what they were saying. Both of those had to be there at the same time. Pym particles and the cube. I think it has to do with all the crap that Tony got from S.H.I.E.L.D. and Iron Man 2. Going back through mm. his father's notes and everything. Yeah. So could easily be. Yeah. Could easily be. Um but April we we dug around to try to find what April fourth, nineteen seventy was. Uh April I 4th? thought it I thought it April might April fourth or seventh. I'm sorry, April seventh. Oh four oh seven nineteen seventy. I thought it might be Robert Downey Jr.'s birthday. There's nothing really in Marvel Comics that happened on that day. Here's the kicker, and I know you guys are all quantum leap fans. April 7th, 1970 is the episode where Sam jumps into his brother's body in Vietnam. Mm. Steve, I've never watched Quantum Leap. Really? Are you being serious? (laughs) I'm being serious. I'm I'm not really 
cared much for it. I watched it a little bit. That surprises me. All right, I'm going to get you guys off this one. Are you messing with me, Eris, right now? I've never watched it. Oh, man. I thought my we were Googling around and found that, and I thought that's just a great kind of grab there. That that the I, the show with Scott Bakula, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Harris, I feel like you're messing with me right now. I'm not <laughs> with you. I've maybe seen like half an episode here or there. This absolutely you know, there guys. Else on, but okay, yeah, I'm just going. There was a really bad fake kiss uh, that he was a member of, and I watched that one. Yeah, I'm going to say, guys, do yourself a favor. Watch Quantum Leap. It is yeah, such a no, fun. That's not going to happen. It's a fun show. <laughs> I have every episode up there because my wife loves it. Does that count? Yeah, kind of, but watch it. Okay. okay. So. Yeah, well, I've got plenty of time. Yeah, uh, yeah. You uh, hopefully we hope you do. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll probably watch Hot Tub Time Machine before I watch Quantum Leap. Well, it was referenced in the film, so if you want a complete experience, Eric, let me tell you something. I've seen Hot Tub Time Machine, Quantum Leap, better show. It's just fun. It's a fun. Steve, I've seen show. Hot Tub Time Machine two as well. <laughs> I thought you were about to pull a pull a Tracy Morgan and be like, I've seen Hot. I thought Hot Tub one. I went and saw Hot Tub two. I thought you were about to pull a Tracy Morgan and be like, I've seen Hot Tub Time Machine two hundred times. <laughs> I just, I just think it's interesting that he went out of his way to watch the uh, the complete Hot Tub Time Machine saga before he sat down with Quantum Leap. It it seems hurtful. Um, <laughs> I'm just absolutely shocked. Who's in the chat that wants to come on and talk Quantum Leap really quick? Come on. <laughs> Do you have notes on this? Or we? No, I don't. I just thought it's a very, it's a real pivotal episode of that show. And and so and knowing the Russo's connection with TV and everything, like, and the fact that it's a time travel show, I felt like, well, this is probably, you know, when we found that, I'm like, I bet that's what that's a more reference to than anything, hmm. is like, you know, because that was like I said, it was a pivotal episode. Well, um, it's the journey home part two. Yeah, well, it's his. He actually leaped. His brother was in Vietnam, uh-huh. and he leaps into his brother's body in the middle of the Vietnam War. Oof. Ooh. So, and with the idea of saving his brother's life, and that's pretty heavy duty. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so that then kind of leads into the theory because there is that moment where Tony looks kind of confused about his dad saying that you know the kids do at a certain time or whatever, and that leads a lot of you know. There's a theory out there that that his mom's not pregnant with Tony, but there's this weird other Stark that's out there. Um. Other Stark. Yeah, Tony Stark's brother. Um, hmm. I don't really know a lot about it, though. Gregory Gregory Stark, the older twin brother of Tony Stark. Well, that's from Earth 1610. Arno Stark. Um, Who? Yeah. Arno. I don't even know what that is. It's, it's Arno Stark. He is the... Uh, uh, I don't know. It's weird. It's just it's weird Marvel it comics weird soap opera story. stuff. Yeah. I guess I'm gonna have to grab Marvel Unlimited now. And check it out. Let me start let, going through it, yeah. Let me see what his first appearance was if we can find it. Arno Stark. I alias is Iron Metropolitan. Metropolitan. Iron Metropolitan. Wow, I just struggled with the word metropolitan. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hi everyone. I'm Steve. I'm an idiot. Um, September so 2000. Was it Bobby? 
First appearance, volume five Iron, of Iron Man number 12, September 2013. He's unnamed, and he's named in issue 17. Um, well, it would have been really nice and convenient if you'd said that the issue came out April 7th, 1970. It would have been. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So I'm just no. saying there's some theories that are out there, and the fact that that's the date of the episode of his brother, all this other stuff. I don't, look, guys, you really took the wind out of my sails with, the, with your quantum leap. <laughs> Vapidness. Right, it's there. like the build up to it. It's like I know you all love it. <laughs> I just you know, we were we Scott, were you're doing... you're such a repository of geekdom so many times I like know. like I'm just shocked that you weren't like, Oh yeah, that was a great episode. I really like that was one of those most pivotal episodes of the series, you know. But you know they what they had wrong is they actually had a, a song playing that didn't come out until nineteen seventy one. Yeah, I would usually point to what was wrong first. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> This is Scott, who he read Ready Player One just to find the mistakes. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't read it just to find the mistakes, but my, my radar was on. I'll admit it. <laughs> oh, I'm going to find it. A few. <laughs> you found two, didn't you? I found, yeah, I found two solid ones, yeah. Oh, two solid ones. Leopard mess up. Scott Cannon. You didn't get. Well, I look, I don't know all the history and stuff. I just know the no. music's good. Okay. So, John Custer Jr. in the chat says, I don't get how they don't watch or love Quantum Leap. What's wrong with them? <laughs> I will tell you, we just did not too long ago, Shaz and I, you know, we're doing that uh, Battlestar Galactica commentary podcast. Yeah, the, the uh, original series. The Colonial Movers. Colonial Movers. Not to be confused with, <laughs> not to be confused with Battle Pod Galacticast. That's a great name. Right. That's right. Or, and, uh, we did the episode. You know, there's an episode of the original series that is Quantum Leap before there was Quantum Leap. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Or, yeah, well, they put it. They take Apollo and they put him in the body of this guy, and he's supposed to kind of affect change. And uh, as this guy, and he can always he can see himself in the mirror, and he's got an invisible assistant who can help him out that nobody else can see. And it's, I mean, it's 100 percent Quantum Leap. And of course, who's on the writing staff at that point? Donald Belisario, the creator of Quantum Leap. Ah. But it's very much that show. So I just want to get something straight here. Yeah. You're doing a show where you're doing commentary through all of the original Battlestar Galactica, the Galactica episodes, but you yes. won't watch Quantum Leap? Yes. <laughs> First off, there's only like 23 of them. There's like five years of Quantum Leap. Because it was a great show. And secondly, you do not understand. Steve, you were born in 1977, so I don't quite get you. need you to... You know, I, I don't expect you to understand this, but when Star Wars hit and Star Wars changed everything and then ABC came up with Star Wars on TV and we were, ah, but they released it in the movie theater first. Well, well they did. Well, not, not first. I remember seeing it in the movie theater. Well, yeah, they did release it in the theater. Uh, and in fact, uh, that was the only way I could see the pilot. I was on restriction the night they put mm. the pilot on. And so my parents would not, in fact, my parents sat and watched the pilot and I sat in my room listening to them watching the pilot. Mm. Oh, that's thought, harsh. Oh yeah. And I thought I had lost the world because Star Wars was on TV now and I couldn't see the pilot. And then a, like a month or two later, it showed up at the theater and I got to go see it. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely am sure it didn't come out in theaters first. now Buck, Buck Rogers did come out in theaters first. But not Galactica. But uh, but yes, Steve, we, those of us who loved Galactica, loved it because 
it was Star Wars on TV. Uh, Scott, you know, they got John Dykstra and they had Ralph McQuarrie and, you know, it was Star Wars. Yeah, Scott, I get that. I Listen, I, I don't talk to me like I'm a child. I get that. <laughs> I can't believe we're still talking about Quantum, quantum Leap. <laughs> I'm trying to get us over to Battlestar Galactica. Oh well, can we go back to Endgame? I guess. All I do is take a little pee break, and when I come back, we're on all these other franchises. <laughs> it's your fault, Adam. You started a whole new time stream. L- ladies, hold on a second, gentlemen. Uh, wow, you got some got some background the noise there. The wind is there. blowing. The wind is blowing as our boy. Honestly, I thought, thought, thought that was Adam Flushing. No, it's not Adam Flushing. It is, uh, it's none other than Shaz Bazaar on the road. Oh, Shaz in Kentucky. Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Plays music, Steve. I gotta find it. Ugh. I can never remember where it is. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Making me crazy. Making me Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar. Every time I go. Alright, here we go. Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar, Shaz Bazaar. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. It's driving me crazy. It's driving me crazy. Every time I look around. Every time I look around. Every time I turn around. He's at my door. Shaz Bazaar. I am uh, way north of you today, buddy. You are up in Kentucky. I'm like 40 miles from my old Kentucky home. Hey, Shaz, did you ever watch Quantum Leap? Don't get sucked into this. No, we got to talk endgame. Speaking of colonial movers. (laughs) Yes, you you 1977 child, you don't understand what was going on in 1978. Listen, I know you've got your little Battlestar Galactopod or whatever you call it. That's fine. (laughs) Yes. But yes, I am stunned, Steve. I'm stunned. That these people didn't watch Quantum Leap? That Dr. Rifen <laughs> right? does not have an intimate knowledge of, of Quantum Leap. No. Especially after doing the last episode of Colonial Movers that we did. Well, no, you know, no, I mean, Quantum Leap, what's that? It's, a, it's an inferior show. It's not Star Wars on TV. <laughs> no, the problem is there's five years of it. That's the problem. There's five years of it. I don't have time to, I don't have time to watch five years of a time travel show. Really, it's a, it, it was a fun show. That was you know, a fun show. Kinda, I, I'm going to say it this way, and I know that I get you get blasted in fandom for saying this at the time. It was kind of a girl show. Oh, go, goodbye, Scott. I just <laughs> now I do disagree with that. Wait I disagree second, with wait that. Wait a second. What were those things coming down out of your eyes when you turned to your wife and said, "Look, oh, you I, got know. His dance. Oh, I know." Oh, no, yeah. I, look, yeah, I'm go ahead, big man. I'm older and wiser. You're talking about when I was in college. Oh, okay. 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 I was in college when Quantum Leap was on, and I just, you know, it was a girl show. Shaz- I think college when Saved by the Bell was on. I mean, hey. Well, no, Guys, hey. if it's all the same to you, I'll take that drink now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's stop posing and get out of here. Uh, let's save Endgame. our... Let's save our... Yeah, Shaz, what'd you think of Endgame, friend? Uh, um, it was an excellent wrap-up of 10 years. That's it, it. It was it was summer of nineteen eighty six, seven, eight, whatever. When there's, uh, you know, eight different giant size sixty four page annuals crossed over into one <laughs> mega three hour tour mm-hmm. that 
was preceded by way too many commercials. But other than that, you know, fun, fun movie. Um, I probably not my favorite of the Marvel movies. Right, right. But an amazing end to all of them, and I loved how it went. You know, back went through all of the the various movies to to get the different stones. That was good. That was really good. Um, the you know putting everything together. Thanks, Arish. Right after Cam was on, when Cam was on, I finally figured out what that sound was at the end of the scene. See, at the end of the movie, I, I looked at my daughter. I said, "Are they going to do Excalibur next?" <laughs> that really had nothing to do with the sword, you know. So I'm like, "There's some hint in that," and it just hit me probably ten minutes before you said, it. "I was like, that was Tony in the cave building right. the first Iron Man." Right. Yeah. Anyway, my friend anyway, Derek, um, my friend Derek likened it to the Darth Vader breathing at the end of the Phantom Menace credits. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, that's a great call. Mm-hmm. That's a great call. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I would have liked is like ten hammer strikes on the armor. I don't think they got to ten. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. yeah. That would be cool. Um, um, but but the, but as for uh, uh, some some vital things, since you're talking about April seventh, nineteen seventy, how about if that's when Cap catches up? Uh, with with uh, Agent Carter, what, what's her first name? Uh, I forgot. Peggy. Peggy, thank you. Yeah, you're right. Maybe if that she's already had her other husband, and she's widowed now. I'd see. Maybe I don't think she had another is. husband. Yeah. Well, I think no. Steve, Steve played the clip of it. Yeah. 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 But, she but says he be, she had a husband, but she says what he you saved him in the war. Yeah. Which I mean, he did. Save himself been, by putting the plane down. Yeah, right. There's no pictures of this husband anywhere. There's no right. name anywhere. I think right. he was the other husband, and she knew that at the time. Yeah, possibly. But he doesn't look as old as she did when we last saw her. So I think well, he stopped inside because he stay. He he's has a to super stop. soldier. <clears throat> yeah, but well, also that too. That too. But okay, he has to stop on April seventh, nineteen seventy, to return the the soul stone, or not the soul stone, but the. Uh, which stone was that? That was the Tesseract. The Tesseract. The space, yes. Yeah, the Space Stone. So with Thank you, Scott. The Cosmic Cube. <laughs> so when... But here's the thing. Now, here's a, here's a tricky thing. Also in Winter Soldier, he goes and visits Peggy. True. Yeah. Where, where, where is... Uh, it's all confusing. Well, I mean... It is confusing. Gonna, I've only seen it once. But, but it I mean, is very Old confusing. Steve's going to know that he was coming. That's true. That's right. true. Yeah. Right. Clear out. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there's no trace of him or any other man. Was, there's only well, a trace of and, her and kids. And and Peggy would also know not to say anything to young Steve. Yep. This gets so confusing. <laughs> That's the beauty of time travel. It's well, what well, happens we, when you live a lie. Yep. <laughs> but Peggy also but Peggy yes, also yes. was having some dementia issues there. That's true. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But was she really? Yes. Or yes. was it that she was dealing with the reality of two Steve? No, don't. Oh. If, if she wasn't oh. having those issues, then, man, she's a. Oh, now she's I need worse to go back and rewatch Steve that. Not telling uh, uh, Tony about his parents. I agree, Chaz. Mm-hmm. I agree. Rough. Now, I, let me. I don't like that. Let me, Chaz, you mentioned that this, is, this movie really did feel like. 
the culmination of like the big annuals back in the day, back in yeah. the late 80s, you know, where they do the crossovers, the Atlantis attack. It would take you like weeks to read them, just like watching this movie once. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the Evolutionary War, um, yes. the, the Atlantis what was attack. That, 87? Mm, 87 or 88, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Atlantis, the Atlantis. At- attacks, the, the yeah. Terminus uh, factor. Anyhow, um, this is something, this comes from Christopher Lutz. And he says, uh, as for the future, I'm ready to follow them wherever they want to go. Here's one theory that has my hopes up. Remember early on with those underwater earthquakes are mentioned? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Are they random events or is it a possible certain submariner preparing to attack the surface world? I, I, oh, yes. Oh, that's, I had that conversation in the house here. Oh, really? Yes. With who did you have that conversation? I'm sure it's G-Man. G-Man? Yeah. Well, did, have you had a conversation about Quantum Leap? Not, not with G-Man. Well, you should. No, understand. Look, G-Man did. This is how G-Man prepped for this thing. In fact, G-Man should probably be on this episode. G-Man did the full 21 movie watch through mm-hmm. on his on his own leading up to it. Right. Then saw the 6 p.m. show Thursday night, the 10 p.m. show Thursday night, the 3 p.m. show Friday, and the 11 a.m. show Saturday. Goodness he gracious. He should be on this episode. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yeah. No, he's serious. I'll have to book him. Yeah. So, good night. We did the watch through of the MCU around here as well, mm-hmm. leading up to it over the past month or so. Um, oh, all I did was watch thing, Infinity War the night before. The other thing G-Man has been doing a very good job is on holidays, he has been stocking me up with uh, imported 3D Blu-rays of the MCU. Oh, that's wow. nice. Because they haven't been producing them domestically. Mm-hmm. So I've got all that stuff, with exception of the last two, I've got them all on on, uh, 3D. That's because you're the only one who cares about 3D anymore, Scott. (laughs) Yeah. No, 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 he's not the only one. It's not even funny. He's not the only one. I miss my 3D movies on on my TV. Oh, see, I never cared. Well, you guys guys have been in my home theater. Yeah. Yep. You know the awesomeness of it. I do. I I also know the awesomeness of your recording setup. Don't click away from that... (laughs) Window, or you'll lose all of your commentary on well, the last Steve, Jedi. He's the most Wait. listened to man in Georgia. Hey, South hey, Georgia Steve, radio. Steve, I'm going to tell you something. It's a <laughs> oh, secret. No. Don't tell anybody. Oh no! It happened a second time. No. Yes. No. no, no. Guys, let me let me catch you guys up. Um, Adam and Erish, we we were doing. We did. Scott and I did a commentary for the Force Awakens back when the Force uh-huh. Awakens was still in theaters. Yeah, we're still in theater. That was the cool part. And then, were you with us on Rogue One, Shaz? Yes. And yeah. so Shaz, yeah. Scott, and I went to Scott's house and did a commentary for Rogue One while Rogue One was still in theaters. Mm-hmm. And then we went to do the same thing with The Last Jedi. Which and we did. Oh, dear. And, y'all, I was outstanding on that episode. <laughs> it was it was great. It, it was, was great really because by Last Jedi, <laughs> you didn't like Star Wars. Well, anymore. this was still early. Yeah. This was no, early this was, on. This one was fresh. This was early on while it was fresh, and I was still working yeah. everything out with it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was the second weekend it was out. We were we were doing the commentary, and I was on fire. I was glorious in this episode, and Scott lost like all but thirty minutes of it. That's Thirty-four true. minutes, I think. That's that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. I didn't have a back. I didn't think I, well, I was trying something new out. I didn't have a backup going, and uh, uh, yeah, the recording shut down while we were mm-hmm. talking. So. so this is oh, really man. why you don't That's like why Star, Wars Star Wars anymore, right? <laughs> it's Rifen's fault. It's yeah. Rifen's fault. Erish, I still yeah. love Star Wars. Uh, Shaz and I have a monthly show on my Patreon where we talk about the Force. 
Oh, oh it's so episode good. dropped today, didn't it? Yeah. It did. Yeah. 302. So. I know this because I'm a patron. Thank, and thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you so much. But yeah, the, the, it was. Well, a, it's it nice. Was it's nice to hear that you're still doing shows with some of your co-hosts. Yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam and I are just sitting here like, it's been how long since we recorded right Super Saturday? Hey, it's been a minute. Hey, yeah. Well, you, you know gotta, what's really cool is Endgame. Man, that was such a good move. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Shaz. Let's together and they forget about these go. problems. You know, and that is an interesting <laughs> thing that you mentioned, Shaz, because in this era, we as Americans and as geeks are very fractured, and. It's as if this, two different people are trying to run the same ship, the Asgardians yes. of the galaxy. That very nice. Yes, that's uh, that's should definitely be in consideration for the next title of that film. Yeah, I agree. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, this is a movie that seems to be something that's bringing the country together for the most part. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. D- you know um, who who made this point early on tonight? I cannot recall. Um, it may have been Chad. Or maybe in you, Steve, um, you made the point when this movie was over, it was kind of uh, melancholy. Yes. It was like the end of, of the Clone Wars right. in 2013, March of 2013. Right. It just ended. It was sufficient, um, but it doesn't leave you going out all excited. But the ends are tied up sufficiently. And you could end, like, I, th- I think it was Scott said that, you could end all the Marvel universe right here. Yeah. And, but you know, the thing is, I don't know that or I felt, take a five year break. I don't know that I, I felt yeah. melancholy. I, I felt, no, I no, felt no, but happy you for everybody. Yes. But, but I, I mean, was you, satisfied. you weren't yeah. excited running out. That's my point. No, but you know, there are times when you finish a film and you go, boy, that character did, or even a long, like a television series or something. And you go, boy, that character didn't really get what he deserved. Oh no, no, uh, no, no, no. And, yeah. And that not kind of, that. And, and I feel like everybody got, you know, what we wanted them to get. Ultimately, I think so too. Right. I think so too. Um, well, I except, think this you know, one. I want to see volume three of Guardians. Yeah, yeah. this was a combination yeah. of like half the characters. It was like, okay, that was a fitting end for them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But then there were characters that I was definitely like, I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. And yeah, as Guardians of the Galaxy is number one on that list. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, but Doctor Strange, I can't wait to see what happens next with him. Peter Parker, Captain Mm -hmm. Marvel, you know, the the newer characters that we've been introduced to over the last few years. I'm excited to see what their next adventures are. Yeah, well, they the the Avengers who have been with us for the ten years. Like, I feel like I'm satisfied with the way their adventure has ended. Yep. Yes, and and, you know, it's funny you mentioned Peter Parker. I'm actually excited about the possibilities for him because my biggest complaint about Homecoming was, to me, it didn't feel like I liked the movie, but I didn't feel like Spider-Man so much as it felt like Iron Minion. Yeah, well, what about when he gets an Iron Man Spider-Man suit? Yeah, it's, it's Iron Man Jr. Yeah. Is what it was oh, I mean like in Infinity War. And oh, what he well. Had on. Yeah, that thing's even more Iron Man. Well, it's, it's straight it out. It is awesome. Though. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. but, yeah. So, but uh, let's it, also it, keep in mind got, that Far From Home is the last yeah. Spider-Man in the steel with Sony. Yes. Oh, is well, it really? Yeah. But the other oh. thing, though, is, is it's Spider-Man without Stark. Right. And so I'm excited about that. Yeah, so, yeah, that'll be good. 
so do you really think that Sony's going to walk away from continuing to work with Disney on the Spider-Man thing? No, no, but, with this but as of right now, like their deal was for five pictures, and this is the fifth one. Civil War, up. Spider-Man. Okay, yeah, that's right. Um, they're about to bring Mysterio to the big screen. So, oh wow! Yeah, take, wow. Take yeah. my money. Um, just based on springboarding off of what you started with, Chaz, about the melancholy and everything, I want to get this from Mark all in. Mark's a great listener and, and, and friend of the show. And Mark Hamill? Yeah, Mark Hamill. Um, he, he says he really enjoyed the movie, but the story didn't feel as strong as the other films. Um, he, he says that all in all, it felt like the final issue of a story arc in comics, which obviously it was, but it's like that feeling you get when you get to the last page and start eyeballing that last panel and think, is this really it? And you're just a little disappointed. He says, that was me last night after seeing the movie. I didn't dislike it, but I'm not head over heels crazy about it either. In my opinion, Infinity War was the pinnacle of the run, and Civil War was 1B. So, um, so Civil War was just kind of like the, the denouement. Right. Now you're just, just showing off. Well, uh, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on here, but the Captain uh, America movies are just awesome. <laughs> All three, yeah, I love yeah. the Captain America well, movies. Let, let me ask you guys this: uh, that's a good segue to something I was thinking about earlier. Uh, G-Man and I were sitting down trying to figure out because people keep asking, as I mentioned earlier, you know, can I enjoy this movie without having seen all the previous movies? Well, it was no, twenty-one no. movies. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you, and I said that earlier, but. Is is there a smaller list that people can do to get by on this film? And no. I, no. 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 I don't. Maybe, you got to go all in. You might be able to yeah. call one. Is there a Thor or two one. you can do without? I, mm, well, unfortunately, I would have said Thor too, World. but you can't do without nope. that one. It's no. Not now, yeah. Not because of the scenes with the mom, yeah. Somebody hit a skunk. There's, there are some. <laughs> I can smell it. <laughs> I'm in great Kentucky. I smell a skunk. I'm surprised they didn't stop and grab it and eat it. Oh my god! Well, I don't see it. Oh, that I was Shaz. Shaz, I got. I need yes. to apologize. I need to apologize to you because I feel like that's my influence in your life right there, where you just out loud in the midst of this conversation say, "Somebody hit a skunk." That was like Steve Glosson was on the other end of the line, just going to derail the whole thing. Well, you know, that's what some people say about Thor 2, which actually I really love. I love Thor 2. Um, I do too. I enjoyed it. Here's my fear. Uh, I'm afraid that people would say you could skip The Incredible Hulk. No. No, no, no. No, no. that's the, that's the that birthing of the Avengers. Thor. What? That introduces Thor. Thor Doesn't and Daredevil. It? No, no. No, that's the right. Isn't, isn't no, that the, the end of that? Isn't that no, the, the end of the Incredible. There's no end credit scenes at the Incredible no, Hulk. No, and, it's a pre, uh, they move. They move the end. Iron in- Man Two is the Thor. That's, right. That's the Thor oh, yeah, I thought sorry. you were talking about the trial of the Incredible Hulk. No, no, no. I was. Which no. does introduce Thor. No. The no? return. The Incredible Hulk returns introduces Thor. The trial of the Incredible Hulk introduces Daredevil. Oh, I thought they were both in the same one. No, no. Oh. And the death of the Incredible Hulk introduces a character that could be Black Widow. Hmm. Who Banner actually ends up with a relationship with. Hmm. So. And Hulk doesn't like stairs. 
Mm-mm. And uh, no, the stairs. The stairs. <laughs> Hulk doesn't like falling out of exploding helicopters in those either. No, no. Um, I, I'm afraid that people would say you can't. You can skip the Incredible Hulk, even though I think the Incredible Hulk is a better movie than what people give it credit for. I, I think it had the stink of that Ang Lee's Hulk on it when it came yeah, out. Maybe and almost smells like the skunk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and was overshadowed a bit by what Iron, Iron Man. Man had done earlier yeah, in the yeah. year. Um, but I think that if you could skip one, I think that'd be it. I think you don't really get introduced to Thor. It's just a post-credit sequence. It's actually a scene in the Thor movie. So I don't know that you have to stick around with Iron Man two necessarily, except you get no, inter- but Iron Man two. You get introduced you to, to Black, Black Widow. Widow. Yeah, Black Widow. Yeah. Yep. I think all the Phase One movies you want to watch. I, I, I would not. I wouldn't. Take any of the movies out. I wouldn't. I wouldn't suggest anyone skip Winter Soldier. Maybe you could skip Iron Man three. No, no, because no, then no, you're not you going to know who the kid is. I'm so, the uh, then you're not going to know who Ryan, one character was anyway. <laughs> then you're not going to know who that one kid is. People kept. Who's the kid with the hair? Yeah. Kid from Iron but Man then 3. you thought about it. It's like, oh, that's the kid from Iron Man three. Exactly. It's, it's Mr. Potato Gun. <laughs> yes. All right. That's speaking great. of, okay, that last but, scene. Well, oh, go ahead. That last scene, Mark. All just so y'all don't think he was he was crabbing on the movie. He says the end shot of all the heroes together in little groups was, I felt, an amazing tribute to Stanley and Jack Kirby. I was thinking more about them and what they created than Tony at the end when they panned through them all. But here's my question as they go through all of those characters and as we go as we come to this point and even with Ragnarok gone, I have a serious question about a few people. Number one, I mentioned Betty Ross Banner there at the outset. I, where is she? But also, where is Lady Sif? Whatever happened to her? And, and she's got a lot of tattoos and she's on NBC on Friday nights. Okay, but here's the thing though. That character is like the OG B.A. woman of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She's yeah, the point or something. Point. And I feel but like... they kind of, like, all that whole little group of his Asgardian friends, they just kind of... Well, maybe she got killed when uh, Thanos... Well, there's, there's a... Um, I think there's a rights issue with all his friends, which is why they killed them off in uh, Ragnarok. Because I know, oh, yeah. like, when I do books, they don't... They hardly ever appear in the books... Um, but Sif, she's the one friend that's okay. I don't think there's any rights issues with her. I always got the feeling that they were saving her for a future movie to have a larger role. Oh, so, wouldn't that be cool? Wait a second. We're looking for a, a return to Asgard. Yeah, this could I, be, this could be I almost... I almost wondered if, you know, bef- before this movie, if, like, Thor would hook up romantically with her and they'd, like, bir- birth a whole new Asgard kind of a thing. Because um, I was actually, I got away with inferring that she's, you know, because she does, she has romantic feelings for Thor, and I yeah, referred sure. to that in the book, and Marvel was fine with that. Huh. Well, I believe, I believe that in the comics they actually did have a thing for a while. Well, um, I think Adam's moving out of the uh, you know realm of just documenting things, and he's about ready to write a screenplay here. Yeah. Now, <laughs> oh, no, I was saying, uh, well, yep. I, either that or he's a shipper for Thor and Sif. He's, he's a fifth. 
no, no, you can't be a shipper if you're writing the screenplay. That's true. <laughs> Ooh. He's he's not he's so he's not into thiff. Um, <laughs> or is it sore? So, she's. I just know. I had a sore thiff one time. It's not fun. <laughs> I had a Thor thiff. Um, <laughs> boy, I just. You know what happened just to Thor whenever he got into Iron Man's, or I mean, Ant Man's costume? I tell you, I've been carrying this hammer around, and my arm is Thor. Um, it's a little Thor. It's little Thor. <laughs> when he got into Ant Man's costume? Yes. He was little Thor? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. All right. Okay. So, so, but back to the question. There's not a single movie you could live without. One of the Ant Man's, the first no. Ant Man. No, I no. love. That's just such a good movie. <laughs> I just, no, I'm not saying. What, I just think that you're. Good. It's missing the point. The the fun of this was that this is the culmination of 22 movies. It's mm-hmm. all part of the ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that first Ant Man really plays well into into Civil War. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. You know. And you can't do without Civil War. I mean, I, I, you know, in trying to think about is there a is there any way to trim it down to a manageable list? Yes. Uh, one of the things that was absolutely vital was all of the Captain America movies. Yes. yes. Agreed. Yeah. Right. What you can trim out of, out of all these movies is thirty minutes out of Endgame very easily. <laughs> oh, I can trim God. it very easily. There's this what? one scene where it uh-huh. says five. Mm-hmm. Years <laughs> later. Well, they're trying to show you the passage of time. Oh, they did. And you were and feeling the passage of time when they did that. Guys, there was a. Jazz, Steve's yes, wife wants more scenes added in. That's right. That's what I'm saying. They could take these 30 minutes out and give Haley more food. <laughs> and, and let, let her see. Yeah, give her the more eating scenes. On, on the, the, uh, the, the pager. The beeper. And. Well, the the um here's the thing with with that there was and I've, I've mentioned this already on the show. Shaz, did you not like the idea of moving forward five years? I did. I, I did. I thought it was great. Okay. And now I, my my problem is now here's here's the issue. So everybody shows back up five years later mm-hmm. in the same state that they were before, regardless of whether they're oh no here we go the airplanes used to be. Uh oh. Um, have you all seen that that airplane um? TV show, by the way, what is the name of that? Oh, the, yeah, the one where everybody they everybody shows, shows up, up after they disappeared. Yeah, five years later. Yeah, right? um, Lost. No, 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 no. no, no. no. It's from last current season. show. It's current yeah. show. Millennium or something like Mo- that. I think yeah. it's called. Is, is that it? Millennium. I thought I Millennium was that show that came on around the same time as the X Files. Yeah, that was the serial killer uh, serial killer a week in Seattle show. Oh, I thought it was the Chris Christopherson movie. Well, there was that too, based on the wow. Jack Anderson book. Yeah. Um, I can't. I can't re- recall what the name of it is. And you've never watched Quantum Leap. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, where was I going with this? Oh, the five years later thing. Um, how is Spidey now back five years previously? I, I will tell you that what G-Man said to me was that apparently all of his squad had been dusted. So. They're, so they're all back so in school. Everybody's yeah. back in school. Right. There are people at school that they don't know. Well, look, it's five years later. 
and there's a potential that they're just the school system was probably all messed up because teachers yeah. got dusted, superintendents sure. got dusted, mm-hmm. principals, by the way, bus drivers, manifest cafeteria lady. Manifest, thank you. Yeah. Well, really I think I Go think ahead. don't you think they'll answer some of that in Far From Home? We hope so. Yeah, yeah. I think they will have to address it. They have. Well, to. which is why they keep saying that technically the end of this phase is Far From Home. Right, mm-hmm. kind of like Ant Man was the end of Phase Two. Yeah, rather than Age of Ultron. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. so guys, real quick, listen. I thought I could do this all day. But right. Yeah. No. I, it's, I'm starting to fade. Great. I just want to, before I go, I just want to say the one scene I absolutely, I mean, all the feels for so many scenes, but the scene that made me the happiest was the opening scene from Guardians of the Galaxy, where oh, they're yeah. watching him <laughs> sing Do his and dance, dance yes. through the oh, yeah. and, and, and yes. Rhodey's just like, he's an idiot, isn't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, th- I just had the biggest smile on my face through that whole sequence. Yeah, I agree. Completely. That's what it would have been. Yeah. yeah. So this has that's, been a blast. Well, that's yeah. how I bought into the magic of, of going to all the old movies. Was yeah. that scene? Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. this right. all makes sense. This is a great tribute. This is this is the way that, that this should end. Well, so. just as soon as the song came up, I'm singing along to the song, and you know exactly what we're going to get. That it's going to be them watching him do yep. all of this, and then mm-hmm. when the music cuts out, you just hear him. Come and get your love. Yes. You know? Then yeah. it really hits that, okay, this, this guy's not all together. Well, the well point of view that's has why I love dramatically. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. I mean, and that was, but all of that stuff was very back to the future. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. from a different angle in yep. the Avengers Tower yep. or Stark Tower stuff reminded me so much of stuff from Back to the Future 2. And, yep. um, I just yeah I I and the Guardians thing was great that's a great grab Erish we hadn't mm-hmm. really talked about that part yep. of stuff so good call yeah right Erish to play Steve you got anything to plug for doing this yeah, yeah this man been great I love talking to all you guys great absolutely. to see you again absolutely yeah. all right Erish have a good all night right. brother right. Peace. we'll see you Hail Hydra oh come on now no no don't <laughs> leave on that <laughs> don't leave on that Hail yeah. Hydra we don't believe that we don't believe in Hell Hydra Another brilliant scene. Yes. He's waiting yeah. for the fight to come. Yeah. Yeah, waiting right. for the fight. And he's just like, hell, mm-hmm. oh, So good. Took care of it. Great. All right. Great stuff. Take care, guys. We'll see you, Erish. Bye. Be, be good, Erish. You know, he, he raises a good point. The, the Hail Hydra moment in the elevator is really kind of the equivalent of Indiana Jones pulling out the pistol and shooting the Cairo swordsman. In a yeah. way, yeah. 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 But, but, the, <laughs> but the payoff is the cat versus cat fight yes. after that elevator scene. Right. You know, yes. that really is America's butt. <laughs> yes, I knew that was coming. <laughs> oh, I love it. I, listen, I love Ant Man's just reverence for Captain America. Yes, and he's like, I think it looks great, Cap. <laughs> <laughs> he salutes him. He does. <laughs> he does. And Tony's like, you know, you talk small, but you're 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 small, but you're talking really loud. <laughs> well, I was listening to this uh, AM, uh, well, it's actually now FM uh, radio talk show this morning, and oh, somebody yeah. w- has been complaining about too much comedy in this movie, and I thought it was oh. just the perfect mix. Okay, when he says that, yes, he's referring to my show, but he is not referring to me. No, you, no, it was not not you. you I were don't have a problem with the comedy. About someone else saying that though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Who said that? 
Uh, we had a caller who called and said... Oh, that, was it a caller? I forgot yeah. how it got to that. Yeah, he liked the movie okay, but he just thought there was too much comedy in it. Mm. And, I, yeah. and I think that may be, you know, it, to, to us, we've seen all of these films. This caller had not seen all the films. And wow. I, I think we all, the comedy is very much a part of a Marvel film. Right. Or a comic. Yeah. But, or a comic. Yeah, but, it's also, comic. but it's also so needed in this film. Oh, yeah, because yeah, there's so much darkness. Yeah. So yeah. It'd be well, too heavy. Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Lots Back. A lot of comedy. funny stuff. Yeah. yeah. I When I was a kid, I didn't know Empire Strikes Back was dark. Right. I didn't know. I, no. I, I thought it was the funniest Star Wars movie. And then early, it was like, you know, it's very dark. It's, oh, it's dark. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. It's dark. Oh, I've, I got yeah. to, sorry, change subject for this reason. Uh-oh. I think it was Adam. Uh, you said this earlier about it. Maybe maybe I'm mistaken. Who said it? But the idea that this this sends off our heroes from the past ten years, from phase well, from everything that we've seen so far, without overshadowing them with the new characters. Right. Yeah. Wow. To, to have Ooh. that happen in another trilogy. But oh, whoa. Wow. <laughs> oh, so you're going to come on this show and take pot shots at Star Wars? I didn't say. I didn't say. Well, I, guys, it looks like I'm showing up at the uh, hotel. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm about to cross the river into to West Virginia. I've got to stop right here before I do that. Uh, why would you? Why would you do that to my show? I, I'm not taking any pot shots in Star Wars. I'm saying that's a really good way of doing yeah. the a send off to yeah. to end a certain era. Right. Well, also, you had those characters together doing their thing, reunited, and... and okay, now who's taking pot shots? I, <laughs> hey, you can't see it, but I've got my hand raised. You, But you, you open the door. You you have those... And really, throughout Marvel history, like, it's been said, and, and as, you know, Shaz, you're a comic book guy. By the way, I, hope, I don't think this will embarrass Shaz at all. He sent me some pictures of himself from like his senior pictures he did a comic book photo shoot wait what yes he's got like he's got these great pictures of of like senior in high school shaz with dark knight posters watchman stuff and then just comic books on the floor in front of him with this white background and i showed i showed Haley. she's like who is that i'm like look at that face she's like is that shaz i'm like yes it's shaz wait he wasn't born with the beard no, it's amazing. Oh. It's babyface oh. Shaz. Wow. So, so Shaz, you know comics too, and 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 and, and 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 Scott, you know this. That really, the heart of the Avengers has always con- been considered to be those three: Cap, Thor, and Iron Man. Right. And as they, as they, you know, reunite and and they're coming around the corner there to fight Thanos. Like that's really a great moment, and it's a great way to begin the send off for those guys. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I, absolutely. I, you know, as opposed to let's split them up for the yes. whole movie, and and have them all you know go their separate ways, and and have their meet their fates completely apart from one another. Yeah, that that always works really well. Yeah, I think it's worked out great for yeah. other franchises. <laughs> so, yeah. well, it, uh, uh, this was a great tribute. And uh, and I do I appreciate you you calling me when you did because I I do have to run. All right, Shaz. Yeah, actually, you know what? I'm having to clear out too because yes. well, look, it just comes off clear. Me as well. And here right. comes. Oh, Adam, you're <laughs> going too. 
<laughs> yeah, I got to make my second bathroom break. So All right. <laughs> All right, Adam, before How did you get through Endgame, Adam, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't have a single potty break during Endgame, and I felt like a superhero. And I'll confess, I had a catheter. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that, on that note, Scott, we'll see you, Shaz. We'll see you, Adam. Before you go, before you go, I want to get a toy update from you. Have you seen the reveals of the, uh, the Marvel Legends stuff with the Spar From Home wave? Uh, yes, I have the Spider-Man one. Yeah, there's um, two. Are there two Spider-Men and a Mysterio and some comic book characters? Yes, yes. I'm. Uh, they look great. And uh, yeah, they do. And so and the uh, build a figure is Molten Man. Yeah, which you know apparently it's Molten Man from the movie. So apparently we're going to get a Molten Man kind of character in there, maybe. Right. Yeah. Which is, which is pretty cool. I, I have a I have a collection update for you. And I've got to send you your head still. I know I haven't done ah, that yet. Ah yes. Um, but I actually found finally I've got Galactus. Oh, um, do you? I, I I found someone was selling one that was all put together, and so I don't have to go hunting down all the pieces for exorbitant amount of money. And he had a really good deal on it, and so I was able to get him. And I'm and it's like there was this great sense of just happiness when he showed up at my door <laughs> and then you know i've been looking for those hulk arms for the ragnarok hulk right and today i had a buddy who got them for me basically sweet and give them to me so i don't have the big hammer but i have the axe and then both his arms both of hulk so i've got a complete thor ragnarok hulk figure you know and i've just got to get his big hammer i've got to find his big hammer somewhere but um so I, I'm just walking on cloud nine as far as superhero collecting goes right now. Fantastic! But I'm really I I'm digging those those Spider-Man Far From Home Marvel Legends. They look really really cool to me. They do. They do. Are you um Are you doing uh any of the? I know you do the Black Series Star Wars. Do you do three and three quarter right. inch at all? Um. Yeah, I do. Um. <clears throat> For when the Force Awakens started, I got on that awful bandwagon of collecting everything. But mm -hmm. I've since st stopped collecting the the main three and three quarter inch figures because it got just too frustrating with all their uh, distribution right, issues. Right. Um, so now I just do um, Black Series six inch mm -hmm. and uh, vintage collection. Mm -hmm. I actually I plan to stop collecting the vintage collection when it gets to one hundred uh, figure number one hundred. Oh really? Um, yeah, and then I'll, I'll I I hope to thenceforth only collect the, the vintage collection okay cool well i i know they've got the loot from um oh what's the salty planet called um from crate from yeah. crate yeah the loot from crate coming out on that vintage card and he looked man it looks really good <laughs> it does yeah it I looks was, great Oh, and you know, one thing about the vintage collection, too, um, I've just had problem after problem after problem um, buying these things from Amazon. Mm -hmm. And uh, Hasbro sells all their figures direct now. Oh, wow. Um, and if, uh, I guess if you ordered um, during Christmas, you get free shipping for the whole year, oh, as cool. I did. Um, so that's been an awesome deal because they sell everything at MSRP, unlike Amazon, which... Mm -hmm. Marks um, Amazon's horrible now. They uh, they they don't they don't sell for MSRP 
um, unless another competitor is selling at that price. Oh, Otherwise, wow. they'll the thirteen dollar vintage collection figures they'll sell twenty five dollars, and it's direct from Amazon. It's not a third party hmm. for twenty five bucks. So it's ridiculous. And on top of that, they'll they'll mail it to you in a paper envelope, unprotected. So it's all busted up. So. Um, it's much better now. You can buy all these directly from Hasbro, packed professionally for once uh, at a, at the regular price. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I didn't realize Amazon was doing that. I haven't bought anything off of Amazon in a while. Um, I, I peruse. I've been perusing lately a lot of Big Bad Toy Store. Um, oh yeah, they're, I've heard they, they're good. They have some good deals and and are, are good for collectors. And then of course. Entertainment Earth, you know, if you want to buy and bulk, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I've I've ordered from Entertainment Earth. They're good. I've heard good things about um, Dorkside Toys. Yeah, too. Dorkside Toys is good. Um, they don't always have the stock necessarily that like Big Bad Toy Store will still have, but um, but there's still some good stuff. And I know, um, yeah, I'm looking at this wave right now. The Scorpion is what I'm most excited about of that Spider-Man Far From Home wave. Um, yeah, he, he looks cool. He looks very, very cool. So, um, and I know that there's the doppelganger Spider-Man from the Infinity War, actually, right. comic back in the day. And um, and uh, th that's a comic book character mm -hmm. on that. And um, and we get a good look at the Mysterio outfit from Far From Home. Yeah, with, with yeah. Mysterio there, so... But uh, I'm re I'm really excited about the figures that have uh, been announced. Um, I guess for later in the year, yeah. I'm guessing they must be coming out the end of the summer. Those, um, what is it, the 70 or 80 years of Marvel comics? But yes, actually, it, it includes movie figures too, which is a little odd. But oh, I didn't cool. know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, I think that's where we're getting. Um, uh, they're they're. Like recently, they've gone back and they released all the other characters from Black Panther and mm -hmm. the Black Panther wave, which they're I've got all of them and they're awesome too. But they're doing that with Thor Ragnarok now, so you're mm. gonna get um, Hela and Scourge. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. The Hela yeah, with the Korg and she's got and Grandmaster but, and Hela's got the hammer where she's caught it or what have you. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, the uh, I also know they've got. I guess it's one of the in-game waves. It has like Citizen V in it and Hercules. These are these are the comic versions of these characters. Yeah, I have a couple of those, but I haven't opened them up yet. They're oh, still nice. in the package. I just, Citizen V I might want to grab just because, you know, the Thunderbolt situation back in the late 90s, that's, that's worth your time to go back and check out mm -hmm. if you've never checked that out before. But those those 80th anniversary are those going to be six inch scale because they look everything I've seen they look big. Um, um yeah, they're all all six inch scale. I love that Hulk, man. Yeah, that Hulk looks amazing. Oh yeah, and they've you know they've they've done uh, Captain America a gazillion times, mm -hmm. but they're doing one that looks like it's an all new sculpt and it looks completely photorealistic. Um, and he comes with it's. Um, I think it's the the World War II version, which they've never done a an accurate uh, one from the movie. This will be the first one, and yeah. he comes with his motorcycle. Oh, nice! Uh, and he's got a you know his jacket um, over his 
over his World War II uh, Captain America uniform. So it looks really yes. good. And uh, there's a Peggy Carter uh, action figure also, oh, wow. I guess, to go with I've them. missed that one then. I've seen the two-pack of like Colossus and Juggernaut. Yeah. I've seen the comic version of Cap with the 80 years um, that looks really good. And the Thor that actually has the engraving on the hammer. Right, yeah. It looks really, really good. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I've said I might be through with collecting for the year until next year, but some of these just might be too good to pass up if I can find, oh, the, they, find they the disposable are. It's, income. It, it's a pro. You know, I, I've often said, for the most part, I, I love the Marvel Legends figures so much more than mm-hmm. the Star Wars Black Series. And every time they come out with a whole big bunch of them, I just break, you know, break the bank and get them and, <laughs> and hope that I'm done for the summer. And then right. they just they just unleash a they whole other round of them. You, yeah. um, for some reason, they're putting the, they seem like they're putting out a lot more Marvel figures mm-hmm. than they are the Star Wars Black Series. Yeah, I think I don't I think it has something to do with the con, the contract with the the companies and the licensee the you know the yeah. the license holders and, and and I think that I think there's still some residual stuff with Lucasfilm left in that deal. I don't know if that's the case or not, but I've really felt like Hasbro since. Uh, since sometime after, well, just before the Disney acquisition, really, I've really kind of felt like Hasbro wants out of the Star Wars business. Um, but I don't think, but I don't think they want anyone else to be in the Star Wars business, if that makes sense. Right. Like, I I really do feel like they're just doing it now to hold on to the license because it'll make money. And, right. and 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 the and the and the atten- and I and I know there's some really you know passionate creators and stuff there at Hasbro, but I do feel like the attention to quality has gone kind of gone south with with their with their Star Wars stuff. Meanwhile, I'm like you. I think the Marvel Legends stuff is is a little bit higher quality in everything that they do with them. Yeah, um, the Marvel stuff is so much more fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got all figures with all these alternate heads and accessories. Like I've, I've got a Captain Marvel um, figure sitting on my shelf here, still in the box, and it's uh, it was a Target exclusive. And you've got uh, Captain Marvel in her um, green Star Force uniform, and she comes with an alternate carol danvers head um but she's also you can she's also got parts for minerva the the blue skinned uh, oh Asian wow yeah character. okay yeah so yeah so she comes with a, a head for minerva and a scarf and minerva's blaster and so a you can you can actually make heads. yeah you can actually make her a completely different character if you want right to. yeah so you've wow. got two characters in one figure and you know, not only is that fun and creative, it's it's just a beautiful presentation yeah. in the package. That's why I've just left it all packaged mm-hmm. up. Um, okay. And I think it's been sold out. At, oh, at yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Quite a while. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at it right now. It's a very cool figure. Yeah, yeah, so really hard to get. I mean, and uh, you know, right next to it, this is a figure that came out um, a couple years ago. You know, I've got um, a Toys R Us exclusive Groot Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. This this was previously a build a figure, mm-hmm. um, but they released it for Toys R Us, and it comes with a different head, 
um, and a slightly different paint job than what it had as, right. a, as a Build-A-Figure. Plus, it's got um, Baby Groot, and it's got Groot in a pot. Oh, wow. And it, again, it's a beautiful presentation, so I've left it in the box. Plus, right. it's got the only at Toys R Us sticker on the front. Yep. And I have a feeling just that sticker um, whether it's Marvel Legends or Star Wars Black Series mm-hmm. is going to make these huge collectibles. That, well, which is not so much what I care about, but right. it's, just, it's beautiful the way it is. Mm-hmm. And you're just not getting that kind of a thing with Star Wars Black Series most of the time. Yeah, it's it's the it's like you say the the multiple heads, the multiple hands. That is something we've never gotten with Star Wars Black Series, really. Right. You know, if you yeah. just go to that that kind of angle with. Um, with with the uh, with the Marvel Legends and what they do, so um, the Daniel and Indy says I can buy a huge Transformers brand new for twenty dollars or a tiny Star Wars figure with no weapons or story for fifteen. <laughs> so exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where you're at, and so and I do I think that goes back to some licensing issues, you know, um, yeah. you know, because the legendary license uh, situation that Lucasfilm got into. Early on with Kenner, I think it is. Imp- I think that Hasbro acquired that, you know, and I think mm-hmm. it's kind of an in perpetuity thing, you know, as long as Hasbro keeps it, and and um, and there's no way that you know the the license holder or the you know the, mm-hmm. the intero- intellectual property holder would ever decrease their percentage of what they take on these licenses, you right, know, right? Just to be nice, yeah, and yeah, yeah, so. Now, in fairness, there are there are a few Black Series figures um, l- recently that are really incredible. Like mm-hmm. I have a um, General Grievous. Oh uh, yeah, he on, looks great. Yeah, one of the new ones. Yeah, and if I've got the the Vintage Collection one um, that came out several years back, mm-hmm. and this is basically a six inch version of that mm-hmm. and that that vintage collection figure the three and three quarter inch was yeah. incredible oh it's it was i remember when i had to sell mine it broke yeah. my heart yeah yeah because it's you know the little one had the arms that pull apart you right. know and that cloth cape and so this big one has all of that four lightsabers and a blaster and it is incredible the only flaw is that um it tends to fall over mm. after you've had it for a while because it's a rather <laughs> right. complicated figure. Yeah. Uh, th- that's It's probably the best they've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few good ones. The, um, what is it, the Zuckus, uh, the the alien guy, not, yeah. The, yeah, not, Zuckus. not the android. No, yeah, the android is 4LOM or 4LOM yeah. as I used to call him. Yeah, exactly. And he's he's a beautiful character, you know, mm-hmm. a beautiful figure. They've really captured the spirit of um of the original, you know, Kenner action figure, but they've made him virtually photorealistic and you know with a cloth robe. Well, and, and now they have Black Series versions of all those original 6 bounty hunters, right? Yeah, they do. They've uh, they've completed that set, and that's what I was trying to hold out with on my Black Series collecting was for those original six, just to have those all. And right. uh, and I didn't I didn't make it until the oh. point they released Dengar and Forlom and and Zuckus, but they yeah. do look great, man. I had the IG eighty eight and the and the Boba Fett and the Bosque for the longest time, but right. um, they do look really good. So. Well, man, I'll let you go because I know you've got to take that other bathroom break. But thanks so much, Tom. For ha- thank you, Adam, for hanging out with us, man. I really appreciate it. And um, you've got what coming out here coming up soon? 
Anything? Uh, well, let's see. This month, um, I had the uh, Marvel Studio- Studios character encyclopedia right. and uh, the Mar- the big uh, landmark. Mar- well, it was the landmark. They've had lots of editions, but the newest edition of the Marvel encyclopedia right. of their comics. Those came out this month. Um, and then the summer, as far as new releases, is quiet until um, I think. I think it's October is okay. the new edition of uh, Ultimate Star Wars, oh. which um, includes all of the movies um, and the animated series uh, oh, great. have been added to the next edition. Wow. Okay. Well, all right, man. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate you, Adam. It's great to talk sure. to you tonight, bud. Yeah, anytime. All right. We'll see you. All right. All right. And that's our friend Adam Brace. So I want to thank Erish. And Adam, and Shaz, and Scott, and Cam, and Chad Reed, and um, and so we're still around here, and and I've got so many emails to get to, so I want to get to one or two of these really quickly. This comes from our friend Wendy Cooper from the High Desert. It says, "Dear Stephen Gang, wow, what a ride! I laughed, I cried, I lost a considerable portion of my makeup. We saw it Sunday afternoon, and the theater was full. From the sound of the moviegoers." I'd say it was mostly first-timers. It was a very cool experience in Endgame together. At the end, a lot of us just sat. I'd read there were no end-credit scenes, but I needed to sit and breathe and collect myself, and I thought the signature credits at the end was a nice end to a great adventure. We didn't really talk about that in, in the big discussion. When they were doing the signature credits and the pictures of everyone and you know all that stuff, it really reminded me of the end of Return of the King. When those credits began to roll and there were the sketches of everyone, you know, coming, all the main players coming and everything, and you just kind of, it felt special. And I think they called those, that crew, those original Avengers, the A6, uh, which which are the original six Avengers. And I agree. I thought it was a great end and a a really nice way to kind of, classy way to kind of close out those credits. Um, Wendy says, I probably have the same questions as everyone else. Where's Gamora? And did Doctor Strange do the quick change with the gauntlet, or was that Tony? And did Haley like it? Well, Haley loved it. Um, where is Gamora? That is the question, and, and I think that's going to be the subject of Guardians Three: is where is Gamora? I think I think I tend to agree with Adam and Arish and 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 Shaz Bazaar that what we're going to have is a Star Trek Three version of Guardians Three: the search for Gamora rather than search for Spock. I don't know that Strange did the quick change. I think Tony's armor. Is so the whole idea of that that armor that he has is that it's very intuitive, and I think that he did kind of a sleight of hand, pull those stones out, and get them switched into his armor, um, you know, on the sly. And it's just, it, I think that's one of those just mo- movie moments too, where it's like there's really no need to explain it. It's just one of those things that happen. Normally, something like that happens as a callback to something earlier where you might've seen someone do the sleight of hand kind of thing. You might've seen that type of transition, um, you know, and then the, the disappearing pig trick from Willow kind of situation. Um, but I tend to think it was Tony and I tend to think as strange was looking at him and holding up the one, I think he was saying we're in, we're at the moment now we're here at the one chance and, and it all hinges on what happens next. So, um, but I could be wrong, and I'd love to hear other people's thoughts about it. Uh, turn to the chat really quick and see who's still hanging with us. Daniel Lindy's still hanging with us. Um, <laughs> Cam's there. Um, and uh, I'll do you one better. Who is Gamora? <laughs> I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? Uh, John Lowe 
says, thanks for doing the show tonight. Really looking forward to it. You know I'm more of a Star Wars guy, not to mention Evening Shade. Still no podcast for that, but I love the MCU. Never been a big comic book guy, but thanks for listening to you. I have a good realm of knowledge for Marvel as it relates to the screen. Thanks to you, I'll be able to get all the nods and overtures and endgames. I'll just bullet point my discussion points in no particular order. Tony reconciling with his dad, at least on his end. Loved it. That is great, you know, because you go to Civil War, and Tony's like, I never got to do this. And then he, even in... Um, even in, in the first Iron Man, he says, I never got to say goodbye to my dad. I never said, like at the press conference, that's how he starts out his press conference when he comes back. Fat Thor was uh, funny, but wanted Hunky Thor back as soon as the battle started by space magic or something. You're not alone in that. Um, and, and as Eric said, he was kind of glad that they didn't go that route. Wanted more out of control Hulk, smash Hulk, but I understand why they went that way. I tend to agree with you. I was wanting the moment because we didn't, you know, I'm sorry. I know that Hulk got to do the snap and everything. And and we got to see Hulk in the um, you know in the fly, in the in the 2012 scene, but yeah, I, I really I really would have he didn't really get a moment uh, in the battle, which you know, and I know his arm was messed up and he was holding up the whole thing the whole time, but I really would have liked to seen him get a little bit more of a moment. Um, we got off easy with Cap growing old and to- and only Tony and Widow dying. I don't know if we got off easy, but uh, yeah, you're right. I love Sam as a new cab and hope there's a way he can gain some powers. What is this deal with him gaining powers? I like the idea of him just being a highly trained soldier with his, he's got his wings and his flight suit and everything he'll still have. He still has all the advantages that he has, only now he's got the shield and he'll have a new paint job. Scott Lane was so pivotal. Scott Lane was so pivotable. 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 Hmm. All right, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. Scott Lang was so pivotal and shows you don't have to have superpowers or super intelligence to change the galaxy. Good message. Tony's death was so amazing, sad. It made me mad and happy for him all at the same time. Having Harley Keener at the service was a nice touch. Harley Keener is the kid from Iron Man 3. Cap with Thor's hammer. Oh, my. And that, dirtle, that dirty, battle-weary captain holding it while finally getting to say Avengers Assemble was epic. I don't want to ramble on. Thanks again for all you do. And that's our friend John Lowe checking in. And uh, let's see. He had mentioned some other stuff. Okay, he just added on. Um, that was a second email that I just read you that he emailed all the other stuff that he added on there. Matthew Marks has a really long reaction. You need to go check out his uh, website at geekycatholicdad.com um, and uh and he says, I'm not 100% sure the time travel made sense, but it really does in the movie. And in comics, I've noticed that the science is at the service of the story and the characters. There's no other way around it. But I'm going to try to explain it anyway for a no prize. There's a theory of time travel called the, Nova, the Novikov consistency, which means the past is unchangeable. If you go back in time and try to change events, you will fail. Or in some cases, you'll be the only one who causes them to happen. Um, or, or you will be the one who causes them to happen. It would seem that the MCU, this rule applies, but only if all six Infinity Stones are kept in their original time. If you remove a stone from its timeline, you allow the time stream to branch off. Your future will be unaffected, but the past will change, creating its own timeline. So, since the Tesseract was removed from 1970, it allowed events to change in 2012 when Loki escaped, and in 2014, when Thanos discovered that the present-day Avengers were doing and followed them to the future. However, when Steve returned all the stones... It it reunified the timelines. Everything at the climax of Endgame still happened since that all took place between when the stones were stolen and when they returned. 
When the stones were returned, the past went back to normal. Loki never escaped New York, and Thanos never left 2014. He went on to collect all six stones in 2018 and wipe out half the universe and destroy the stones shortly after. Meanwhile, Steve stayed in the past. We'll call him Steve, too, now. And this is what we read earlier from him. It, yeah, you get into time travel, and really what I've learned is you just have to accept what they tell you in the story, unless it's just gaping holes. And I don't think that we have gaping plot holes in this. I think there are intentionally loose threads left. I think the Loki thing is intentional on the part of the writers. The Gamora situation, intentional on part of the writers. I think that what we have are intentional plot threads left uh, for future storytelling. Uh, Kevin Hall says, do we, re- do we believe Rhodey and Pepper will, turn- will return in the Iron Man roles? Also, what do we know about the next phase? I think we may, there's a chance we could see Rhodey show up um, uh, maybe in the next Captain Marvel. Uh, I think there's a chance. I don't think we'll see Pepper again, um, unless like, like someone said, it's a great cameo. It's a cameo type thing. We know that Favreau is in, that Happy is in the next Spider-Man movie, but he played into the first Spider-Man movie. So that works out. Um, Brian White, who sent in a really great email that we've taken some, some stuff from tonight on this episode, so the Infinity Stones are all destroyed now in the current MCU timeline, including the Time Stone that Doctor Strange swore to protect. Also, if changing the past doesn't change the future, then why bother sending the Stones back? Those alternate timelines won't affect the current MCU timeline. My brain hurts now. I think Cameron was right when he made Terminator rules. One-way ticket to the past, no going back. Um, okay, so you're a Terminator guy. I get that. The alternate timelines, the point about the alternate timelines in the Sorcerer Supreme, the, the, the ancient one, made this point to Hulk. He may go save his timeline, but it's going to affect other people. So just the morality of saying, well, forget all those other timelines. It doesn't affect us. You, you can't make that decision and be morally okay. Like the moral thing to do is return those stones to their proper place so that you don't end up with timelines where people are hurt in alternate time. There's already alternate universes and stuff, as we've seen uh, from Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and the Marvel Universe. Uh, Listen, there's a whole series of comics called What If, which are basically the premise is, here's what happens in these other universes when one little thing changes. Uh, Justin Wiseman says... um, says, Avengers Endgame was not just the culmination of the last 11, but the start of something new. It made me giddy, heartbroken, hoarse from cheering, and emotionally exhausted in the best way possible. I'm sure there will be lots of talks about for a long time regarding the past and future of the MCU, but for now, here are my favorite bits from Endgame. Scene recreation, the Battle of New York, Hulk having to take the stairs brought tears to my eyes. I thought it was funny, indeed. The callback, the best callback was on your left. My theater exploded, he said. Easter egg, probably the old school Ant-Man helmet in Pym's lab. Followed closely by perfect Professor Hulk eating hunka hunka hoka hoka burning fudge ice cream out of the carton during one of the brainstorming seasons. Great, great Easter eggs. My new favorite is the one that I haven't seen that it was pointed out to me by someone else, and that is the Howard the Duck. I just love that he's in there. Uh, the one liner, best one liner. You got to be essing me, and that's he says, "Geez, Captain Language." Also, that really is America's butt. Uh, surprise cameo: James Darcy as Dar- as Jarvis. Myself and my friends started cheering before the rest of the theater realized it was Jarvis. Uh, his favorite scene is the girl power scene. Gave me chills. Bring on A-Force. I don't know, Justin. Um, I, I was fine. Yeah, the nod to now. My, yeah, Haley brought this up, and it's a great point. 
that was a great callback to what had happened in Infinity War when um, uh, uh, the the lady from Thanos's clan is is she attacking Scarlet Witch at that point? Is she about to kill Scarlet Witch? And uh, and she's like, "You're gonna die alone." And and they say she's not alone. And Natalie and Nat- I keep saying Natalie, Natasha, and Arroyo. I can't think. I, I don't know her name. The Black Panther lady. Anyhow, they team up and and fight and win the day there. <clears throat> um. Here's the thing, A Force. I don't. It's fine. I mean, it, it wasn't. It was canceled for a reason, lack of sales, and and there are people who love it. I know, I get it, I get it. I, I honestly, if I'm being real life right now, I felt like the girl power scene, the really cool and should be one of these things that is great, was a little heavy handed, because it kept, it went too long, too long, too long, too many, too many, too many, and it's like, so, none of the, are all the guys out? Is that what's going on? Or you know, I don't, just seem like. I'm, I know I'm in the minority there, and that's fine. That's fine. Just It was just a moment to me that seemed a little heavy-handed. Uh, favorite shot, Cap alone with a broken shield and Mjolnir standing in the lower left-hand corner of the screen as the whole army rushed out. Yes, that was fantastic. That was fantastic. Uh, so thanks, Justin. Um, good, good on you. Good stuff. Um, good moments all. Uh, Brian White, really quickly, he's got some bullet points here. Um Professor oh, Thor uh, wielding Mjolnir and Stormbreaker at the same time was awesome. Professor Hulk was great, but I wanted to see a rematch between the Incredible Hulk and Thanos. See, I did too, and we didn't get that. Uh, Lord of the Rings style battle at the end. Definitely going to need to watch that on slow-mo for on home viewing. Catch everything. Cap getting Mjolnir. There are two moments in my cinema going history I'll always remember. Yoda pulling out his lightsaber and attacking clones. Yes. And the crowd went nuts. And Captain America holding Mjolnir. And the crowd went nuts. Agreed. That Honestly... Very similar reactions. Things I have questions concerned about. Are there now four different MCU timelines? This is getting very messy when it comes to figuring out which story is in what timeline. I, I think we're supposed to just accept that it's all one. And, um, yeah. Hulk says you can't change the past to change the future, but what happens when they change the past? Does it create a new timeline? Or does it change the past and our heroes don't know it because they don't live it? I. That's a great question. Um and uh, and Gamora, Nebula, Thanos, and Loki were all changed somehow in the past and not affected by Infinity Stones being brought back. That's not a question, but it is a concern. Um, you're right. I don't know that Loki wasn't. Thanos was... Um, right, because here's the thing. Thanos wasn't changed in the, in the past future because you can't change the future by changing the past. That's the, that's the whole thing. Uh, we've read about his disagreeing with Captain America's ending... Uh, other thoughts. Now that they've lost Cap, Tony, and Black Widow, I don't really know who's going to lead the team. I'm not really sure there'll be an Avengers after this. I would enjoy seeing team-up movies. I think we're going to go more the team-up route. And um, listen, the Avengers have gone through all different types of incarnations over the years. Sometimes with Cap, sometimes without Cap, sometimes without Cap, Tony, and Thor, sometimes with them all. Um, you know, you've had the West Coast Avengers, the East Coast Avengers, the Mid, the Great Lakes Avengers. There's been all kinds of Avengers teams. Uh, the A-Force. The MCU definitely needs Reed Richards more than ever right now. Indeed. We don't need a full-on Fantastic Four movie right now. Shut up. Yes, we do. They can slowly introduce those characters as cameos. Richards would be great at explaining the messy timeline we have now. Looking forward to the Disney Plus shows. Not really sure what the rumored Black Widow movie will be about or if we need it. I, I think that we're going to get it. 
just because, well, he means because of how would it affect things moving forward. But I think what we're worried about now, and it's like I said at the outset, I think what we're worried about now is more about telling good stories with good characters rather than this whole interconnected universe thing. Marvel Cinematic, Marvel Studios did something that was heretofore thought impossible. Um, And that was to do a slow build to an incredibly amazing crossover type thing, to do it the way the comics did it. And, 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 in, and in years past, no one else ever thought that would be done. And they did it. And, and so I think now it's just a matter of telling good stories. Um, I hope they don't go too much to crossover out the way the comics have. However, I'm all for Secret Wars if the Russos want to do it. Uh, at the end of the year, when another franchise concluding film comes out, I hope the media keeps the comparisons to a minimum. Both of these films deserve their own time to shine, and the box office numbers are very misrepresented these days. I've already started seeing this fight start on social media. Wow. And I'm choosing to stay away. Can't we just both enjoy every other geeky form of entertainment? Now, Brian, that goes way back to the roots of Geek Out Loud. Can't we just enjoy both in every other geeky form of entertainment? Of course we can. We're not going to fight over which is better or, or which is worse or what deserves what or what. What we need to revel in is the fact that something has taken place that we never thought would take place as geeks, and and it's awesome. It's fantastic. Uh, and that's Brian White. So, Brian, thanks for those emails, man. Appreciate it. And um, and Mark All, we read his tonight, and we listened to Brian Deffinger, um, Brian from Cincinnati, with his uh, MP3. And so thank you guys for all of that, uh, all that great feedback and, and, and the great opinions. I, I do think there's a lot to say there. Um, so, okay, I'm sorry. I'm Now I'm getting notes from, hey, do you want the microphone, Haley? No. Haley's now writing notes saying, what about when, um, when, uh, when when Hope says we're on it, Cap, after making fun of Scott for saying Cap earlier. Um, let's see. I'm I'm probably getting in trouble for... I have girls, though, so I love them seeing a bunch of girls kick rear. All right. Uh, look, can't have A-Force without She-Hulk. That's true. Uh, John says the girl power was weak. They say, oh, we'll get her when she needs to go or whatever they said, but they didn't get her there. That's true. Um, Real Transy says, thought it was awesome. They keep calling her Natalia. Thank you. I, uh, Mark Hamill says about Natasha. Um, Okoye, thank you. Thank you, Texas Cow Patty 72. Okoye, I could not remember her name. Um, yeah, you can't have A Force without She Hulk. And here's the thing I want more Hulk. I'm not going to, and that's just me as a Hulk fan. I want more Hulk. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, I, you know, th- that's really what I look. I, I I trust I trust Marvel Studios and what they're doing. I am I I am, I do see things being a little bit more heavy handed with some of the identity politics and everything, but that's been coming for a long time, and you know that's fine. We'll see we'll see how it pans out. Here's here's I do have concerns moving forward, but I I will say this, and coming out of Endgame. I was so satisfied with where we've come. And you can go back in the archives of Geek Out Loud and you can listen to uh, the stuff from 2008 as we were approaching um, 
Iron Man and, and Incredible Hulk. I, I remember saying in 2008 how there had never been a year like this in geekdom since like 1989 when you had Batman and Indiana Jones and, and all these other things coming out at, at the same time. And, and I remember that initial trailer for Iron Man and, and, and just how the, the, as the footage was coming out from San Diego comic-con that year and, and everything that was going on. I remember the incredible Hulk trailers, you know, that, that were just him, uh, on the street and it ended with him and uh, an abomination running each other and then cuts to the title card. Um, man, it was just, it was really, it was the beginning of something that I never imagined could be done and watching Iron Man and, and hearing those rumors of stay till the end of the credits, stay till the end of the credits. And you do, and there's Nick Fury, you know, you've stepped into a larger universe I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative and to think about the fact that the Avengers Initiative was came out of like Civil War and and all this stuff and that and and what a product of the time just the phrase the Avengers Initiative was and how far we've come from that to get to 2012 and and I remember Derek and I talking as we got to the Avengers in 2012. Um, about Avengers, that first Avengers movie, and how we really felt like we shouldn't we we shouldn't be watching this, you know. Like, there, how are we? How do we? <laughs> how, at some point, someone's going to come and tell us you're not you're not a, you're not supposed to be watching this, and and was going to take it away from us. And and I remember just kind of like loving that. And as we sat to the end of those credits and Thanos turns around and smiles. I just remember like being blown away with the fact that they just put Thanos in this thing because that took me back to the first time I was aware of Thanos. And as a comic book collector, the first time I was aware of Thanos was in the pages of the silver surfer. Um, I, I can't, I can't claim to, um, to be one of these people who are like, oh, I remember the first appearance of Thanos because I was totally reading comics back then. Uh, no, Thanos was this guy who showed up in a chair in the page of Silver Surfer. And, um, and, and, and I'm like, well, who is Thanos? And, and he takes Silver, and he and Silver Surfer just go around the universe and Thanos uses Silver Surfer to kind of, he duped Silver Surfer into being on this planet and causing things to die because of the bacteria or the viruses that Silver Surfer is bringing on that planet and everything. Like he completely um, somehow gets by the the whole cosmic awareness and you know the cosmic power of Silver Surfer, and they don't really fight. But and that led into there in the early nineties, led into the Infinity Gauntlet stuff. And and I and Infinity Gauntlet was huge, like it was this huge story arc with just everybody. And there were some great covers with that, and some great big splash pages with Infinity Gauntlet and everything. And 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 I remember, you know, trying to because at the time I lived in a place where we didn't quite, I couldn't quite get all of the uh, all the comics that I wanted to be able to buy. And so I just remember hoping beyond hope that I'd be able to collect you know, be able to pick up all the infinity gauntlet story because I, I had to know what went on, but 
you know, I, I wasn't, and it wasn't until a while later that I was able to pick them up and back issue and check them out and that sort of thing. But I, I just remember, you know, it was Silver Surfer, yeah, number 34 when I first saw them. And the cover I remember most is Silver Surfer 35, of Silver, Silver Surfer 35, where Thanos is just in a chair and they're just going around. And, and the cover says Thanos' Guide to the Galaxy. And, um, it's just, it, it's just, some, I, it, look, I saw him and I was amazed and I'm like, surely they're not going to do this. And then the slow build to Infinity War and, and how he just kind of showed up, you know, in Guardians and he was there and it's like, but he, and there was an Infinity Stone and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then, and then Thor, the Dark World and, and you're just like, what is it? It, it? it was just, it was this great ride that, I never thought we'd be able to take with these characters. And, and, and I remember just thinking about this concept is like, what does it matter that he's saying that, that, that we're seeing this on the big screen? Why does that, why is that so special? What is the big deal? Because I've read these comics all my life and I've, I've read these stories and they're in comic book form. And, and what more do I need than, the, you know, than the comic book form of these things. And ultimately what it comes down to is it's, you're seeing your imagination and you're seeing these things brought to life in a way that you never really thought you would. And it was just really, just a really cool thing. And so if this is the last, you know, even if there were no Spider-Man Far From Home, if this were the last last hurrah at all for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I would be absolutely pleased with it, you know. Um, because it did something for me as a you know as a fan that i didn't really get to i didn't you know i that i don't really get much anymore and and i i don't i maybe i'm ripping off someone else who said this it it makes me feel like a kid in some ways again like there there it touches something inside of me that takes me back to those days when i would mow grass at my grandmother's house for like 10 bucks and um or she may sometimes I, I would get ten bucks from my father, but sometimes my grandmother would send me like a twenty or something, you know. And I'd be like, No, you know, you can't do this, you know, but she wouldn't let me get away without it. And then I would talk my dad into taking me to the comic book shop there in this town where my grandmother lived, and I would go pick up comics and just, you know, on the way home from my grandmother's house, which was an hour drive if it was still daylight out. I'd sit there and just read through these things and I would read these comics over and over and over again. And I would just devour every detail and I would devour every storyline and I would just, you know, completely just consume this stuff. And, um, and I just loved it. I loved doing the comic book collecting, the comic book thing. And these, in these movies were comic book, uh, where comic books just come to life and, and, and it really, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that I could have asked for more. And yeah, there were, there were tears and there were chills and there was laughter and there was everything. And, and I did, Haley said, you came out of your seat, nearly came out of your seat when Cap ends up with Mjolnir. And I did nearly come out of my seat. Like I nearly leapt to my feet in that moment because I was so blown away with it, you know? Um, and 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 I had to kind of hide and and compose myself because I was a hot mess when when Happy is talking to little Morgan Stark and and says how you doing kiddo and she says I'm hungry he's like yeah what do you want she says cheeseburgers and I oh my gosh 
Like, I just absolutely lost it. And, you know, as he says, you know, your dad loved cheeseburgers. I'll get you all the cheeseburgers you want. I I get a little choked up just thinking about that moment because it was beautiful. It was just this beautiful thing that they they took the silly thing of superheroes. They took this this silly concept of people running around in tights or garish costumes and and fighting and punching their way through all their problems and they made they they made it so so very human, you know. And and they took this huge epic thing where we'd sat through this 40 minute battle from the moment the missiles hit um the moment the missiles hit the Avengers compound until Thanos and his army are dusted. Uh, it's just this amazing wild ride. And then when it's all said and done, you know, and Pepper says, you can rest now. We'll be okay. You can rest now. You know, it's it suddenly, it, it draws you out of all this amazing action and all this amazing stuff. And you're back. To this human thing. It's something the Super Friends never did. It's something Spider-Man and his amazing friends never did. It's something, honestly, you know, X-Men in the 90s tried to do. Batman, the animated series, tried to do. Um, but they were, they, were, they were still bound as those, those series, those animated series, they were still very much bound to different standards and practices they had to abide by. Um, but when you come to this. It's just an amazing thing. And they did it. Was there a little too much language about some of these movies? Yeah. But you know what they did? They did it without trying to be smarter than the source material. They did it without trying to be too adult. I'm looking at you, DC Universe app. They did it in a way that's accessible to so many different ages. And and I just, you know, I think it's great. It, it is. It is. It is. For a younger generation, it is their Star Wars, and rightfully so, you know. And and for me, it's just been a, it's been a fun ride. And I look forward to more stories to come, you know. I I look forward to what they're going to do and and where they're going to go from here and how they're going to go from here. So, um, Roth in Wyoming says something great. My favorite thing about it is it brings people who have never read a comic book until these movies uh, like him into the fold. Yeah, this listen, I I think this showed why these comics have stood the test of time. And it, 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 when people went and saw Iron Man in 2008, um, the whole idea of Iron Man in 2008 captured people's imaginations, even people who'd never worried about um, uh, comics before. You know, there, there are guys who would make fun of me for my comic book obsession back when I was a kid who, who loved this stuff. And... Um, and so, yeah, I'm. I, I think it's great. I think it, it was it was the introduction for a lot of people in this world, and they realize one of my favorite things that come out of this is when after the Avengers, like I had people say, "I understand why you like the Hulk now," you know, and I'm like, "Well, that's not really why I like the Hulk." Yeah, he was funny and it was great, but you know, that's not really why. But it's, it, but I'm glad you're on board. Um, so Mark Hamill asked this question before we go. We'll try to tackle this. How did the 2014 Thanos get to present day for the battle. Now, someone gives a simple answer. Other Nebula infiltrated the group. Well, Tenton, you're right. That's that's right. But I think he's talking about from a practical technological standpoint because how did they have pin particles? How did they... 
And what you see is Nebula manipulating um, the the time platform uh, to be able to bring them back, to bring them here. Uh, she has their coordinates, and it's like I've said, when you're dealing with PIM particles here on Earth, that is a technology that you know no one else can really duplicate. And we see, you know, the whole idea of Ant Man of of, uh, of Darren Cross being able to duplicate it is is huge because it took him so long to be able to do it. Well, when you're dealing with a, a super technologically advanced civilization, like, okay, so they're going through the quantum realm. That's like a, it's like a no big deal. You know, they, they, they can duplicate those things if they need to. And, and so it's what she did on the other side of things. So I, I, I it, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a plot hole, but I don't think it's so much of one that, that it, it trips me up. So, um, all right. Well, look, I've had a great time, and I want to thank again Scott Rifen, Shaz Bazaar, Eric Schernevice, Adam Bray, Cam Hopman, um, uh, Chad Reed, uh, and all of you who've joined us in the in the chat. And um, and so well, I'm happy to see the end of this. Now we can get the reboot of Quantum Leap with Sam's daughter looking for her dad. Oh, she's hoping her next leap will be the leap home, John. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, let me find, I'm trying to find something to end this on. What are we being sneaky about over here? Um, I'm sorry guys. I didn't have a closing. I didn't have closing music pulled up. Isn't that weird? All the music I had pulled up, I didn't have the closing music pulled up. Um, so here's what I've been wanting to do for a while. And, and in my spare time, I've been going back and listening through the soundtracks, the scores of all of these movies, because I I have been critical of these movies as far as the music of them goes, with the exception of a few, with the exception of um, Captain America, the first Avenger. And um, that's about it. Other than that, I've been a little critical of the music. Oh, and I was I was okay with Craig Armstrong's Hulk, uh, Incredible Hulk score. But again, I recognize I'm biased. Um, so there's that. But I thought it'd be fun to walk through these scores from the uh, from the standpoint of someone who knows nothing about music except how to play it on a CD player or an MP3 player or you know a streaming service. So um, yeah. And also in you know Silvestri did what I in this movie what I wish he had done in the original Avengers and that is he did a lot of musical callbacks to all these people which was fantastic when when Scott first shows up you know in the storage unit um, there's a very slow version of that Ant Man theme playing and I I thought all right way to go Alan Silvestri you did what you should have done in the first movie I say should have done but I thought it'd be fun to walk through these scores and and kind of examine them for what they are. Um, in each movie, because there is going back through the movies this time, especially there is some great music and all these. I like the Thor, the original Thor score as well. Um, and Thor Ragnarok was fun. Here's the thing. There are great moments in all the scores of these movies. And I'd like to go back through and highlight those. So, uh, we may do a little bit of goal on that. We've got other stuff I know coming on. I know Star Wars nine is coming up at the end of the year. The, the rise of Skywalker and people want to hear my thoughts on the trailer. I don't really have any thoughts on that trailer. Um, outside of, man, I hope they get this right. Uh, because, uh, 
man, Star Wars fandom has really turned me off to Star. It's not been so much the Last Jedi as, as the fandom really turned me off to Star Wars and and what's going on in fandom. Um, and uh, the, you know that's neither here nor there. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I felt a little tinge of joy. The Mandalorian. I'm looking forward to the Return of the Clone Wars is going to be great on Disney Plus. Um, lots, lots, and lots going on, and uh, and so we'll be covering it. We'll be going through it all as we get things back to to normal around here. I want to thank everyone for joining us. You can uh, support us at Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/GeekOutLoud. If you want to uh, just support us the best way you can, use the Amazon links we've got at our various websites, geekoutpodcast.com, geekoutonline.com, and bighonkinshow.com. And uh, I hope that you'll follow us here on Mixler if you're listening live and, uh, and come be a part of the Mixler Zoo crew for Big Honkin' Shows and other things. Uh, Disney Vault Talk coming up soon with Finding Nemo and uh, lots more content coming your way uh, as we get into a better thing. Stranger Things 3 coming in july and definitely looking forward to that so we'll be talking about it i'm should we try to do you remember when stranger things 2 was coming out we did a daily i don't know if we could do it daily um we'll uh but the the stranger things commentaries we did leading into it for for every day you know leading into stranger things 2 we may do something like that with Stranger Things 2 going into Stranger Things 3. A rewatch party. Yeah, that's what we called them. So, all right, guys. I don't. Geekoutonline at gmail.com is the email. And uh, join our Facebook group over at the Guardians of the Goldiverse on Facebook and play some Uno. Play some GIF Uno. GIF Uno with, uh, with everybody there. Thanks so much for the emails. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for being a part of the Goldiverse. We really appreciate you. Until next time, I'm Steve Lawson. Uh, Stay geeky, my friends.